Well, if you watch Code Geass, the girl has sex with the table. Yeah, but that's that's normal. Like that is, is a nor- is it? That, I don't know. That's yeah, a nor- that's, normal. that's a normal thing girls do. Huh. It's not like it's not super common. Like it's not the way everybody masturbates, but certain people like really get off on like the edges of objects. Anna. Yeah, my cat does. Anna can't talk, John. What are you doing? Well, I wanted to call her so that she could tell me. I think her first orgasm was like sitting on a chair in a weird um, position in high school, and she had no idea what was going on. She's oh sick, God. John. She probably doesn't want to talk about your. Never mind. Shit. I'll leave you to it. Continue as you were. Oh my God! Like, can't leave his ailing wife in the other room. Who's who? He tell told me, me about yesterday. The first time you jerked off. <laughs> first time I did, I googled it. You, oh my god. That's such a fucking teenager of now thing. Yeah, that is, that makes me like legit sad. What? Wow. Well, I figured I, out that touching myself there felt good, but I didn't know how to go all the way. So I googled it and there was a nice video tutorial. Oh god. Provided by a nice 52 year old man. I think the title of the site was like advancedmasturbation.com. And like the first one was, oh, just use your hand up and down. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense than what was I, I was doing. What were you and then doing? Like, wait, wait, wait. What were you doing? Just like kind of batting it around like a cat. <laughs> like, oh, that feels nice. Oh, oh. But then, then I saw the video and I was like, oh, just go up and oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm with you. And the term jacking off has weird implications. Because it's like, if you think about how a jack works, it's a lever that goes up and down, but like the lever is sticking out towards you and you push it up and down like in the air, not like forward and backward. Uh-huh. So you can see how, like, if somebody heard the term jacking off before they ever jacked off, they might just kind of sit there trying to actually use it like a car jack. <laughs> Welcome to the SoxCast, episode 61, <laughs> your home for masturbatory learning. I am your oh host... Oh my god, the site's still around. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I am your host, Polly, and, uh... Don't worry, we're gonna have that that Gen six five list thing. It's it's yeah, happening. We, we it's, it's seriously happening. Don't worry. It's just life gets busy sometimes, you know. Life gets busy sometimes. Maybe it's on archive.org. To my immediate virtual right, no rapper has ever accused him of being soft. It's Rhett. <laughs> I'm hard as fuck. Damn right you huh. are. 24 like, hours a day. Like the doof grip men. Yeah, like the doofy grip men. They, they go hard, too, I think. They go and go. I did that last week. Yeah, you did. I was talking about your... I was talking about your wiener. Well, we've already started the wiener talk on this episode before the episode was even started, so yeah, I knew what you were going for there. I believe John gave us uh, an ample start <laughs> there. Um, how you doing, Rhett? 
Doing good. Ready for another Oh, fine... yeah, I'm, do I'm doing great on today, the greatest of all days. Yeah, the, the greatest of all nothing. days when there's nothing absolutely at all wrong and nothing no. to feel positively <laughs> scared about your future about or the future yeah. of your country. Gravity Rush 2 came out. What a great day. What a great... <laughs> What a great day. Wait, something did happen that was terrible today. Uh-huh. That cute dog passed away. Yes, oh, Gabe passed away. Um, this episode of SoxCast is dedicated to Gabe. I know he would have wanted us to start it with John talking about his formative years and learning to masturbate. Can I read some of the things on the site? Sure. Well, the first one was the basic fist method, which is the one that... I only ever used because obviously obviously and then it escalates though to number three the mushroom can i can i talk about number no, number 16 what packing tape <laughs> what <laughs> it's number 16 on the list what's oh, uh what's uh what's your favorite ret I'm staring at the name of number 15 right now, which is Palm, Belly, and Penis Sandwich. Archive.org. Okay, number number 20, Pelvis Momentum Explosion. <laughs> These all have videos. Oh, I Jesus. I think that we're good not not seeing those probably they have the face all if i remember correctly the face is all blanked up maximal uh, penis head the, stimulation this is the one that i remember was glass balls masturbation <laughs> what do you think that is number 38 ice cold golden testicles hey ice okay. can be ice can <laughs> i like the yeah, like, it's Squat the contrast of ice and golden. It's like 42. Squat and spurt. The thing I think I remember vividly was one of the things was squat over like a nice glass cup. Nothing in it. And then just dip your balls in it. And just feel the rim like touch your balls. Get that nice little stimulation from the glass. Could be a little cold, you know? What is this podcast anymore? <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, special delivery! It's John Thire. Hi! Hey, hey, John. What's up? Now oh, we yeah, know. We just, uh, we just uh, learn more and more about you. Every time. And boy, oh boy. How's it going? It's going pretty great. I got a nice cup of tea. I'm in a comfy chair. You were fucking that some chair earlier. Nostalgia. I'm sorry? You were fucking that chair earlier. Mm. That's gotta be in this list of masturbatory techniques, right? Of just like, fuck your, fuck your rocking Intercourse chair. Intercourse masturbation with couch, number 27. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Pole straddle. Okay, never mind. See, table hump masturbation. It works for dudes, too. I really think, what? Packing tape? What? Question <laughs> mark. Packing tape, exclamation point, is probably the best one. I'm scared to watch that video. I, but I, yes. I'm curious. Oh my All right, God. Here, no, 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 no. We're doing a podcast. We'll give John, you seriously. a couple moments. Sometimes live reactions are the best, right? 
Oh, Jesus. That's not going to play on. Yeah. All right. All right. So you guys yeah. ready to, to talk about... Focus on the relevant material here. Yeah, you guys ready to talk about relevant material? Stop derailing this podcast, Rhett. God. All right. So, um... Let's see, do we have any other business to take care of? Uh, ah, yes, uh, if all things go well, there should be another episode of the SoxCast uh, sometime this week where I will be talking with the fine folks at Joy Masher, who you might know from uh, Onikin and Odalis the Dark Call. So hopefully that'll go through uh, just fine. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, anything else? Well, there's the Gen 6 podcast probably happening sometime after that as well. Yeah, the Gen cool. 6 podcast will happen. So, like, yeah, I know that our <laughs> leader, I know, I know that our listeners just collectively all laughed at the same time. <laughs> it's seriously happening, people. It's there. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna happen. But um, yeah, John Thayer. Yeah. Why don't you get us started? What have you been into? Uh, I finished Dong on Rampa two. Man, that game's. Pretty good. Yeah, that game's kind of a masterpiece. Yeah. Those games are kind of perfect. I really like them a lot. I mean, they're not perfect, but I kind of really, really love them a lot. They're going to be some of my favorite games uh, forever, probably. Yeah, um, the way th that I kind of described Danganronpa 2 to somebody who'd never played it, was that, you know how at the end of, of Metal Gear Solid 2, where that game kind of goes crazy? Kind of figured you'd reference that one, actually. Dang yeah. Danganronpa 2 kind of does that about, oh. like, one-third to halfway through, <coughs> and then just keeps going. Pretty much. Are you saying it's like a deconstruction of the first game? Uh, yes. yes, very much so. Oh, oh, oh it, yes. it takes, I need to play these then. It takes the themes and the, like, well, it's it has a lot to do with just the themes that are presented in that first game. Mm -hmm. uh, and, turn, and, and it starts turning them on their head in one way through one character. And then oh, it oh. kind of goes off the rails after that. <laughs> It's, it's, man, those games. Hey, you know, it's kind of like if Cover Cross was really good uh, instead of not. Yeah, yeah. So it's like MGS2 or like Mother 3 in comparison to Metal Gear or Earthbound, I think. Yeah. Where they kind of tear apart the previous thing in a really interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being so apprehensive. Like, apprehensive? Is that a word? No. I think it's just apprehensive. Control. Apprehensive! There we go. That's how we learn to talk. Uh, I remember being so apprehensive going into Danganronpa 2 because it's just a, an entirely new cast of characters. And I was just mm. like, but these characters from the first game leave such an impression on you. A and then like, oh no, these characters from Danganronpa 2 are also my precious babies. Yep. 30 of them. 30 precious babies. 30 precious babies. Jesus. Plus change. Between yeah. the two games. There's That's like 15, the game. oh, oh. 15 in the first game, 15 in the second. That's the thing, is that these is it... games do ensemble casts. and So it, well. It is really hard to make a piece of media and have a shit ton of characters. Like, take something like maybe Code Geass, which is just like, guys, you could have slimmed this down. Because yep. you're never going to hit all of these characters' arcs. But 
Danganronpa 2 man and Danganronpa managed to have these casts of like 15 characters, 16 characters um and just kind of like still be able to elaborate upon them in private events where you kind of like social link between them, like with them between trials, but then also like their big breakout moments during the story as it goes. And I, I just like, I don't know how they found time to write so many fucking characters and make them all mean something except Terra Terra. Fuck Terra Terra. He can go around yep. a fire. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So now that I've <laughs> so now that I've bloviated on Danganronpa 2, John, how do you feel about it? Um, that game's very good. That game's very good. Um, Nagito is my is probably my fave. He's, he's very a, interesting. He's a good boy. He's such a good boy. He's a good boy. He's such a. I think a lot of Danganronpa can come down to like, oh, these are my favorite precious characters. These five are my precious children that I cannot choose between. But then, like, um, none of the... But that doesn't make any of the others bad. Yep. That's why I say, like, oh, I could maybe narrow it down to, like, five favorites? I guess, maybe? So, like, let's say, like, I think that, like, uh, Kyoko is going to be an obvious favorite for Rhett. <laughs> but I, I haven't even played these. I'm very shallow. But, like, I think he's going to find that there's so much more... To, 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 like, everybody else, too, that it's not just going to be latching on to your five. It's just you're still going to see the worth in everybody, everybody. else because they all, like, contribute something to either the story or or just that game's overall mood. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, all right, um... Spin a little bit, so it's kind of sunk a bit. It's kind of um, faded just a little bit, but I had that a very strong emotional reaction to the ending to Danganronpa 2. Um, basically, both of those games have kind of the Undertale major, major emotional conclusions. Yeah. Where they bring together a lot of the um, structure and play of the game in, inside the characters and just bring things together in a really beautiful, meaningful way. Yeah, and it's uh -huh. like, it's not rushed. They give it time to play out as it needs to. Mm -hmm. Nothing feels frivolous or just kind of thrown in there for the sake of, oh shit, we wrote ourselves in the corner. Yep. Of course, it means both games have about like an hour and a half in um, the final act where the villain is just kind of expositing. And it's so good! And it's so good! Is what makes it, is, is the amazing thing, is that they make that extremely compelling. Yeah, and like, it's all just setting up, like, that last half hour that's just, oh, right in the heart. It's, like, all catharsis. Yeah. Like, all the catharsis these games have spent the last, like, 15 hours or so building up and not letting you have, they give mm -hmm. to you in this one big scene at the end, and it's like, they orchestrate it so well, they time it so well, the musical cues are so well chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Because Danganronpa 2 has um, Act 1, they've got a really good turn with one of the characters, 
mid um, mid trial mm-hmm. that really makes that act. Act two has just like this kind of amazing quadruple twist thing that ends up with a really actually really intense emotional beat. Yep. Where two characters are just like talking to each other and you can just feel this really soulful connection just kind of carried by the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um in just a few lines. Um one thing I noticed with Danganronpa two versus one is that in one they would usually have Teddy have Teddy. Monokuma. <laughs> Monokuma's Monokuma is better than Teddy, there I said it. Oh, Monokuma's definitely better than Teddy. Um, Monokuma has is let's give it everything we've got. It's punishment time. And they're just uh, talking over him the whole time. Yep. They're having they, they're they having completely... their intense emotional moment over this guy that's like, I'm going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. And it feels really intense because yeah. he's just because it's like, no, don't don't end this. Don't tear away tear this away from us. Um it feels real good. Um, chapter four and five executions were some of the most like gut wrenching moments in Danganronpa one, mm. and um, five works kind of a, a lot of that all that catharsis into just um, the chapter five trial, which is oh god, it's something else. It's <laughs> like if bonkers. It was, it, like if Danganronpa two is just the catharsis and the last trial, it would um, stick with me, but. That it's also all that stuff in Chapter 5, which just hits like a truck. Yeah, like, again, like I said, like, when I finished Danganronpa 2, it was seven straight hours because I could not bring myself to stop. Mm-hmm. Because it just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating. Yeah. God. Yeah. There's just... And then after Chapter 5, when the game falls apart in just the most MGS2 way imaginable... Oh, uh, it's it's so it's so gratifying just thinking about it again. It's so my shit, and like none of the, all of the payoff big payoffs feel really built up. Like Anna predicted like the things about the nature of the world mm-hmm. in like the first chapter. Like we sent a message to you, like, all right, this is Anna's prediction. Don't I say think anything. That- they like they t- they tip their hand on purpose just with the yeah, way exactly. that like just with the way that games like UI is treated. Yeah, they're tipping they're their like... hand on purpose because they know that what they've got after that is even better. Yeah, goddamn, it's real special. Um, and we probably don't need to say much more because Red's gonna play them. Yeah, um, like, Rhett, like, if there are two games you need to get yeah. around to this year, it's Danganronpa 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. They're two-thirds of the way to SoxCast approved. And <laughs> yeah. I think they can actually count as SoxCast approved at this point. <laughs> yeah, Rhett likes Kyoko. That's good enough. Ah, right, there you go. Rhett's kind of like a lot of the characters, I think. Oh, I think he's going to love the characters. Find so many people to latch on to, and then... Yeah. Have his hopes dashed away as they're brutally murdered. Despair. Despair. Mm-hmm. I think Red will like Mikan. Mikan is fantastic. Yep. Very good. Um, I really like the chapter four. The big character not reveals at the end of chapter four, where a character just is the person they you thought they were, but yeah. way more intensely. 
Yeah, like, and that trial in and of itself, just, like, you sit there and have to twist your head around it so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, boy, oh, boy, did I learn that my spatial awareness was terrible with that God. trial. Yeah, and they have um, a moment where they go into the perspective of another character, which is a very well-executed. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, they go all out and do a really, really great thing there that made me super happy. But I, yeah. won't, I won't say what it is, but it was just like, yeah. oh, I can't believe they just did this. But it's so good. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much, both games are pretty much just like a Toho game where the back half is just completely perfectly paced and amazing. Yes. And just carries you completely through. Um, they're basically the same game when you think about it. Basically, yeah. I mean, like, you know, they're both got, like, you know, they're both centered around bullets. I mean, one's got pretty girl bullets, the other's got truth bullets. Exactly. Same thing. So, yeah, these games, the, the, the way they twist around the, um, the catharsis for the first game and the second game and then arrive at a new catharsis felt very meaningful and lovely. Um... Mini games in two are pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, they're not so good. Uh, it doesn't matter though. You're I love that they it. call it improved Hangman's Gambit. It's like they knew. I love. I keep seeing people do improved with quotes around it. That's exactly how it's presented in game, though. Oh really? I don't think oh, they have. Oh. I don't think they have quotes in it. I think it's but... a uh, parenthesis. Oh. Oh, God, that's funny. But the fact that it's still, like, pushed off to the side kind of just hints to me that they know. Mm-hmm. Because in the first game, all you've got to do is just, like, letters are flying at you, and all you've got to do is shoot them to, to spell the word. Hooray! And then, like, and that's when you've got to, like, grab a letter and place it on top of the same letter and then shoot it. It, it doesn't make any sense. It feels complicated for the purposes of being complicated. The mini games in the first game were brief and based in the logic of the trial more yeah. than they were in being an action game. Yeah. Um, the second game is way just kind of up its butt about making like these two or three minute long action game sequences right in the middle of like important logic beats. The logic dives play fine, but they are so silly. Yeah. It turns into super hexagon for like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's real dumb. Yep. You know what? Don't really care. But I can I can forgive it because like if that mm-hmm. game's story just didn't feel as good as it does and like yeah. you know when you reach the end, like I there was no way I could look over those, but just like I'm, mm-hmm. I have no problem recommending those games to somebody, even if the mini games in the second one are real bad. Yeah, it doesn't actually matter at all. <laughs> it's a fun thing to bring up and just go like, "Oh yeah, that's dumb," but it yeah. doesn't actually matter in the least. Yeah, um, and they really pay off the sword one at the very end there. Mm-hmm. Um, truth blades—they're basically the same as truth bolts. Basically. We're just calling them that here. Yeah. The the, t- the tongue-in-cheek narrator's great. Yeah, I do like that. Like, yeah, they're like the way they present tutorials. As somebody who's just like, look, I know I'm interrupting your game and you hate me, but <laughs> let's, you know, I got to explain this. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, I forgot what I was going to say. But, uh, basically, oh, yeah, these are like 
between the two games, I probably played them for about the t- 50, 50, 60 hours total. Mm-hmm. I beat them in like three weeks, which is fucking unprecedented for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all about like, the shorty fu- stuff now, so. Like the last thing I remember playing that intensely was maybe Dark Souls, and I think I probably finished them faster than that. Mm. Um, yeah, Danganronpa games are very good. They're the best visual novels I've ever played. You should play them. Bold statement. Yeah, I really like visual novels lately. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty good. I'm pr- I'm a pretty big fan of them myself. Mm-hmm. We should finish. I should finish Zero Time Dilemma. Yes, you should. <laughs> I'm gonna through it. Yeah, John's gonna get that amnesia. There you go, <laughs> pretty boy. Oh, <laughs> amnesia. Yeah, there's a boy that puts you in a cage in that. That's what that's, it is. Yeah, that's all I know about it. <laughs> well, I checked out some CGs and read a summary, but yeah, it's good. It seems very good. Idea Factory, um, doing what they do. Hey, Rhett! Yes? What have you been up to? Okay, so... So, I finished... Last time I finished Final Fantasy, and I finished Axiom Verge, and I kind of did a bit of cleanup on both of those games. Uh, the post-game in Final Fantasy XV is actually real bad. Oh. There's, like... So, I didn't even attempt this. There's a, a boss, like, one of the Ultima weapon things... Like adamantiois or something that ta- actually takes people like three hours to kill. Oh, so, so I didn't do that. But then there's like these optional dungeons. So I did all the main dungeons, and then there's these optional ones that you unlock. Mm-hmm. And I go in, and it's just literally room full of enemies, then some stairs down, then another room full of enemies, Ugh. and then some stairs down. That's and there are... a beat like that in Zelda Wind Waker, and it's just yeah. miserable. So. There's eight of these, though. Like, uh, most of the major dungeons also have this optional tower inside of them that's hidden away. And it's just like, oh, this is completely miserable. Yeah. So I went from, oh, I, I might platinum this game, too. I don't want to touch this anymore pretty quickly. Yeah. Which was disappointing. And then I, I cleaned up some of the, like, the hidden items in Axiom Verge. Like, that game's got some real weird secrets. Yeah, it does. Like... There's some items towards the very start of the game that I eventually just broke and looked up how to get. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how, how did I miss that? And then another one where you're having to decipher a thing. Oh, yeah. I was just like, you know, maybe if that thing wasn't like 10 pixels wide, I would have seen it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even see the thing that you have to see to start. So that was a little frustrating. Yeah. So, like, I've got, like, 99 map per, map completion, mm-hmm. which is frustrating, though, because I've only got, like, 70% of the items. Mm-hmm. But because the map is full, I just have nowhere to... nowhere, No idea where to go. Yeah, basically. And because that game doesn't put a dot on the map like Super Metroid, like, I have no idea what I've got and what I haven't, even if I looked at a guide. So I'm kind of done with that for now. Mm. Okay. How'd you like so, the ending? Oh, yeah, so the ending... <laughs> Hmm. I really did not like the final boss. Like narratively or just how it played? Um, a bit of both, maybe. But Aww. more so how it played. Like the the final dialogue exchange was fine. I I kind of expected that game to go in very different directions than it did, honestly. Huh. It, 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 z- it zagged you. No, it, it kind of just kept zigging. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Like, I expected, like... A different final boss like maybe you would turn against those other characters mm-hmm. 
Well, that's what I thought was interesting was because you can't it, because you it totally doesn't. To, you expect them to be the the evil bad guys the whole game. Yeah, and then you see Elsa Nova's full body, and you're like, "Oh, this is totally the final boss, isn't it?" And <laughs> yeah. then she's not. <laughs> I think that's a zag. I guess it felt like I really like that last dialogue exchange with the yeah. guy because it's so like matter of fact. He's just like, "Hey, this is kind of my deal." Yeah. Does it makes does it at least make sense? And then you're like, you're full of shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And I, I appreciate kinda, I appreciate that it wasn't like a dialogue choice. It's just kind of like, yeah, all right. Fuck I yeah. Fe- I think my biggest problem with that game is that it feels like the NES glitch aesthetic didn't really go anywhere. Like it didn't really agree. tie into the huh? I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's a cool little thing to kind of. But it, have... it has nothing to do with the story, basically. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really make sense why you're able to do this. Yeah. I ran into one of the secret worlds near the very beginning of the game. Yeah. And uh, and your guy and your um, fairy is just like, "Hey, don't go in there. It's terrifying." And then I got to the entire end of the game, kept expecting that to go somewhere, and then it just doesn't. And yeah. I thought, oh, those are just, like, a weird optional side it's thing. It's just okay. warp zones from Super Meat Boy, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I looked into those, and it is kind of cool how they're done, where they're randomly placed and just randomly generated. Yeah. Oh. So that's really neat, and they don't count towards actual completion no, percentages. Yeah, that would, that would be kind of silly if they did. Yeah, because... Mm-hmm. They're, they can be hard to find, apparently, but two of them were right next to save points for me, so I, I found four. I think you're guaranteed three. Mm. Cool. But that stuff was cool, but yeah, it just kind of doesn't culminate with anything. Yeah, it doesn't really mean yeah. anything. It's just kind of yeah. like a cool thing that can happen to you, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even just like all the tools in that game kind of being glitch-themed, like it felt like it was missing the final piece. Like, I almost... Like, I kind of half expected the final item in that game to be, like, a tile editor or something (laughs) really ridiculous where you're Mm -hmm. just reprogramming the actual game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, there is cool stuff like that. There's the whole, like, password thing that's, like, actual values that you can manipulate. But, again, it's it's all kind of outside the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there's cool ideas that are central to it, really, like people really have to dig and, like, hack into the PC version to figure out how that all worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I it's, mean, like... And it's crazy that that stuff's in there. But it doesn't yeah. ultimately add anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially the passwords that people didn't know were in the game until several months later, like, obviously, yeah. weren't essential because nobody knew they were there. Mm-hmm. He just programmed all these variables for some reason. Mm-hmm. Except for Justin Bailey, that one's rad. That one's quite obvious. <laughs> that one's uh, so yeah, I think I, I appreciated the story on just like a basic yeah. level, but it didn't really tie into the play in a way that mm-hmm. made me feel like the whole thing came together as a package. You know what this game kind of made me realize? And it's yeah? and I feel mean for picking on Axiom Verge for this because a lot of games do it. I'm kind of over the whole like, there's going to be a story, but it's going to be told out of order through items in the world. Yeah, I've been over that for a long time, honestly. Yeah. And I get that Dark Souls is, like, the prime example of that being done well. Yeah. So, like, it can work, but even then, like, my first playthrough th- through Dark Souls, I had no idea what was going on. Which was kind of the point, but Axiom Verge in particular just seems to kind of make no sense without yeah. 
reading all the dialogue and then figuring out the order it goes in. I feel like games kind of just like saw like that thing that Dark Souls does so well and were like, yeah. and then they were like, oh shit, we can use that as a crutch to not actually have to tell <laughs> a story. Because it's real easy to just have text boxes pop up when you walk over a spot. Yeah, like yeah. I think as opposed to like just, having cutscenes or yeah, stuff it that's feels it feels very just yeah. Like, oh, that's the trend now. Look at your items because you might found out something real important. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. It's not even just item descriptions though. Like, it kind of goes back to audio logs and stuff yeah. like System Shock and Bioshock. Mm -hmm. Or, like, they're missable things that are important to the story. Like, Bioshock Infinite, I know, is really bad about having essential plots things where the game doesn't make sense without them in audio logs that you can easily miss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I'm kind of trying to 100% Axiom Verge and finding these story beats in random notes, it's just like, eh, maybe this could have been worked into the narrative a bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's I, argued, I argued with something a lot, with someone a lot. Uh, um, a couple weeks ago because they were complaining about Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger having an important plot character climaxes be an optional side quest, and I thought that they were full of shit. Like, the whole yeah, the point <laughs> of Chrono Trigger is, like, that last ha that like that last third of Chrono Trigger is literally we have to save the world and we've yeah. got and we, like if we're gonna do this right if we're gonna save the world we're saving all of our friends too and that includes I mean, fixing the shit that is wrong in their worlds. Mm -hmm. That's entirely the last third of Final Fantasy VI too. Yeah, it's like the last half of yeah. It's Final the Fantasy last VI, half of Final so. Fantasy VI. Yeah, like we argued about Chrono Trigger for a little bit and I was like, okay, let's pull back. For a second, because Final Fantasy VI just stops the plot for the second half of the game just to focus yeah. on characters, like, and that's rad. So let's focus on that because that's way more dramatic than how Chrono Trigger does it. Yeah, the one thing I will I will give one knock against Final Fantasy VI though the fact that you have to wait till zero seconds for Shadow. Sucks. That's <laughs> real dumb. Because I did not. I waited till like two seconds as a kid and and then said fuck it and left. And oh. he was just dead the rest of the game. Yep. I didn't know it was zero seconds. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's real. It's either it's one, or it's zero. one or zero, but it's, it's, real. it's a real dumb thing to make you do. Especially since, like, you Atma get... Weapon. Yeah, it's like yeah. after Atma Weapon and, like, the, fall, like the, the floating continent is now the falling continent. And yeah. then you get to the exit and there's still, like, two minutes left. It's like, whoa, okay. I think that's kind of a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do that's... have the wait for shadow text box pop up, which helps prompt yeah. you a lot. I mean it's not truly hidden, but it's just like you don't think you're supposed to wait till zero seconds. Like every timer you're... in that game every timer in that game prior to that is conditioned you that if it hits zero, game yeah. over. Game over. And, like, you don't have any saves after Atma Weapon. And that fight is oh. a bitch. And all the fights, they, those are the hardest random encounters in the game. Yeah, like, some of those um, random encounters point. are really difficult. So, yeah, the way it's kind of incentivized, I guess, and the versus the way it's presented, maybe? Yeah. It's just a small knock, but it did really affect as a, me as a kid, because, hey, he's dead the whole rest of the game, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I fucked like, it up my first try. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that game is kind of designed around you fucking things up the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's another big one right after that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was pretty messed up. It. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm okay. So I'm okay with important story beats being like optional in the sense that yeah. they can, because like here's that person was complaining because they they just went straight to Lavos afterwards, and I'm just like, oh okay. I'm sorry that you're complaining about not having. Well, if you're gonna play the game, then fucking play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I think there's a difference between optional missions and side quests and just random items hidden yeah. in a cave or something. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I finished those two games up, and I was looking at the list of games I haven't played, and I had a very obvious realization mm-hmm. that maybe is not obvious for everyone, because I didn't really think this way before. I thought I looked, and I thought, I'm going to play the what I think to be the best game that I haven't played. Mm-hmm. Very obvious. Just just play what I think is going to be the best. Right. And what did, what did you so, land on? So, Sonic 2006. So, a game I've been saying I'm going to play for like five years. And John's number two game of the year, which also prompted this. I mm-hmm. played through friggin' Ghost Trick, finally. Ah, that game! I'm sorry for waiting so long. You should be! I reviewed that game when it came out, and it was just like, this is the most glowing words I can say about a thing. That game's real good. Yep. Yeah, that's the that is the other game I thought that was kinda like came around, came together in a way that's kinda like yeah. the Dong and Rampas where you just get the, the plotting's just so sharp, and it's just so yeah. emotional. Yeah. He, he's touching his chest. It's so emotional. His heart is pounding. Yes. That was that was the implication when I'm yeah. patting okay. my chest okay. like this. That's right. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah, that game is really, really good and clever. Like, the whole gameplay mechanic of never having, like, an actual presence because you're a ghost, so you're just hopping between these objects and manipulating them. Like, so much of that game is just getting around the map yeah and figuring out like ways to do so yeah because it's not always obvious definitely not and you'd think that and like kind of timing puzzles of like oh this character sits down and then the chair slides across the room and i'll use that (laughs) hop into the chair and then it's just i've never played anything like this basically i love the moments where you fuck up and it's just like oh it's a dead end like oh oh i'm stuck yeah, the game's real good about telling you, like, hey, maybe you missed your chance, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. And I think go back to the start. Really yeah. smart. And it's not that much to have to sit through again. I mean, I think there were moments where, like, if there's forced dialogue, mm-hmm. like, you could could have let you skip through that a bit faster. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I think you can just hold yeah. B, though. Oh, really? I yeah. was mashing a lot. You can just hold B. Uh, uh, the soundtrack's really great. Oh, like, yes. Very intense. And I like the way, like, the main kind of theme when you're, when you're, yeah, in like the four minutes before world. Yes. Like, as you kind of progress through each one, it has different variations that get more and more intense. Yeah. And it kind of culminates in that three second countdown. Dun 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 God. Yeah, that man. So, yeah. so, so, like, that, like, 
it's just a real good puzzle game too. Like yeah. figuring yeah, out exactly. those puzzles is just amazing. Yeah, there was one I had to cheat and look because I was just completely stumped, but I did all but that one. And it was just sometimes it was frustrating though because it's like, oh, I just I need to know what happens next, but but it's making me do a puzzle now. Yeah, <laughs> but they they were all good, but it, it definitely gets kind of agonizing like that almost on purpose where it's just like please tell me what happens next yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's and then, real cool yeah but yeah you're right as a puzzle game like it's actually really good and like they mix it up in a lot of clever ways like the one where you're escorting someone like so to... many people shit on that escort mission but it's like it's not that hard if you just kind of pay attention there was yeah there was one line of dialogue that as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, I bet I can do this. And then, of course, it worked. Yeah. Cool. And I know I saw people online complaining about, oh, how was I supposed to know? And I go, he, he says. Straight up says it. I'm much more agreeable than you think, basically. Yeah. I, I bet I can get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they mix it up with different variations like that one in particular stands out. And then the thing at the end. Oh, man. Like, the, the, the climax of this game goes off but like, the fucking rails in a real The last at way. least, like, three or four main set pieces. Yeah. When you have a new ability with you. Yes! It just gets really weird. Mm. And they're good at mm. teaching you to use that ability, too. Yeah, I never felt confused. It was just like, oh, you, you have to juggle a lot more now. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the timer's uh, real generous. I mean, the timer doesn't even really feel like a timer. Like, yeah. like there are timers, like, there are actual timers that kind of, like, dictate how the scene's playing out and, like, yeah, things like that. But, like, the timed events, like, uh, say, like, there's a puzzle where you've got to get in the blade of a ceiling fan or something. So you, like, mm -hmm. get in the ceiling fan blade and it swings around, it swings around. They're going to give you, like, five or six tries to stop time oh. to get where yeah. you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, I never felt annoyed by the time stuff. If anything, like I was waiting more than I was like, oh, I ran out of time. I don't yeah. think I ever basically was like, oh, I didn't do it fast enough. And it's really Except helpful for... to sometimes just let the time run out to look at how a situation's playing out and be like, oh, I know how to set this up now. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't played this game, like the main premise is that you're a ghost and you're trying to investigate your own death and what happened because you have amnesia mm -hmm. and your main ability is that if somebody else dies you can go back in time four minutes to before they died and kind of try to avert it so that's where the time pressure stuff stuff comes in yeah and like it's really neat though because like it's kind of an adventure game setup but then stuff is happening during that time and you can pause to kind of jump around between objects and like certain things can only be done in, in certain moments in that four minute window yeah and and they're really good at pointing that out just from the first um time you start doing puzzles just like from that opening scene there are yeah. bits and pieces where well you missed your opportunity oh, yeah wow. like so they're they, they really you set won. up everything yeah the first few in particular are definitely pretty obvious about like hey maybe you should go back because once she puts those headphones on oh, yeah wink, wink. you're done <laughs> You're done. Oh my god, I saw a streamer struggle with the headphones thing for like an hour. Jeez. It's like, come on, dude. Uh, come on. That's a real good, like, hey, timing is important. Yeah, yeah. 
Just I, a hard went, lesson for some folks. Yeah. I went back and watched the Giant Bomb Quick Look, and they did that one, and it was pretty painless, Probably, actually. They, oh, really? Yeah, they got it, like, the second time. They were like, oh, I... Like, they'd already hit the umbrella, and we're like, oh, I see what this is going to do. Hit the umbrella, people. (laughs) Hashtag hit the umbrella. Hashtag hit the umbrella. 2017. And yeah, speaking of games with good ensemble casts, I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, it definitely focuses on a much smaller cast than Danganronpa seems to. Like, it's not like the 30-person cast, but... It's definitely got some great characters. Like, I really liked Lynn and Camilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and Camilla's role was very <laughs> odd. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not something not... you expect at all. They're not going to set her up and then not have her appear again, right? But where where is she? They keep saying she's going to show up and then... <laughs> and then she does. And then she does. And oh, boy. Oh, Wow. Uh, so yeah, that game is just really great, and it like does a really good job wrapping everything up. Like it really, so really much. wraps up everything at the end. Like it's done, and you think you think it's totally done, and then they do a thing at the end where, oh, by the way, this character that we introduced at the very, very start of the game, we're gonna we're, pay that off too. We're gonna pay that off in spades to the craziest thing i've ever practically like the craziest thing i've ever seen i remember sending i remember sending john a video of a streamer i watch react to that revelation and his reaction to it like was just like no way he was just sitting there laughing for an entire minute because he could not believe that it was something they would go back and pay off i mean i realized they had to after the fact but i'd kind of forgotten because everything else was being wrapped up yep and then, yeah, I just immediately started DMing Polly, like, are you effing kidding me with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, in a good way, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and like, a, a thing that I see a lot of people say about this game is, well, their sequel. Like, you don't need one. Not yeah, for the, this... like, this game is a very purposefully self-contained thing. Yeah, it's definitely one thing because like it could have gone the phoenix right way of having like different scenarios where like oh this impossible murder happened let's bring in the ghost detective to solve it but it's just one singular story like but it's no- it's 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 like yeah because they make a very specific point at the start of this story to say like after 6 a.m you're yeah. done you can't come back yeah, this whole thing is just one continuous story with no fluff whatsoever. And I just think making a sequel to that would really be... It would diminish it. it Especially really with the would. same characters. Like, you you could maybe get away with doing the same gameplay with a totally new cast and, like, totally rewrite the rules by the end. But would it, but, like, really... Yeah. Like, I just... There's no way that this game ever needs a sequel, and nah. it never needed one. Like, it's... Be like making a sequel to The Last of Us. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like, why would they ever do something like that? Ghost Trick Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you... It, I mean, Last of Us, I can actually see how you'd continue this, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is way more than you that. Re- you really couldn't continue this no. in any like, Last of us con- conglu- Last of Us concludes thematically, but, yeah. like... Ghost Trick concludes by just wrap thematically and just wrapping up everything so aggressively and well. So yeah, so tight that bow at the end. Yeah. Yep. 
and then I cried a bunch at the end. I, I <laughs> because think, of course I did. Because of course. Because yeah. of course. So, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, Sox cast approved. Mm, yep. Yes. Absolutely. So, Polly. Oh, that's funny. What did I, I heard do? You, you got some things that are maybe not Sox cast approved right now. <laughs> oh, man. You know, like, I've, I haven't had a chance to get into a lot over the last couple of weeks. I've been very busy, and I've kind of been pouring some time into some other things that can't really talk about. Uh, Polydungeon, of course. But, um, oh, man. I have a lot of things I'm not happy about. Where would you prefer me start, Rhett? One or two? <laughs> uh, one. Let's start... With Nintendo. How you guys feel about Nintendo? You guys like Nintendo? We were just talking about a game that had its origins on a Nintendo console. I love Nintendo. Nintendo's great. They make the Mario. They make that. And, and the Metroid. And the Metroid. Oh, oh yeah. They always I... make the, me the Metroid. They're making yeah. so much Metroid like Federation Force. Yeah. And Ellipses. I saw a funny, a funny joke. Do you need anything else? I saw a joke that every time somebody mentions a, a, a new Metroid game, Nintendo greenlights 18 more Fire Emblem games. <laughs> After last night, I think that's true. So Nintendo finally unveiled the Switch. I mean, they already unveiled it before. Well, they, they officially... The yeah. Like, they had a big presentation, a big hour and a half presentation about what this thing is and it's like exactly as we thought it was gonna be it is a portable slash home console oh no is it i thought it was a motion control thing oh yeah it's as soon as that dumb magician appeared on screen and started shaking a glass of water i wanted the alt f4 the entire presentation right then and there you can milk a cow <laughs> so nintendo is stupid and i hate them <laughs> yeah but well, we haven't even scratched the surface of why this presentation is dumb. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess it kind of starts careening downhill right about the point to where that, ma like, that magician being there throughout the entire presentation is quite literally, I think, the representation of Nintendo as a whole these days. A magician selling fake shit. To people <laughs> that are gonna just fall for it like they could not have picked a better setup for that presentation than oh I can shake the glass and I can tell there's two ice cubes no you can't shut up you gigantic <laughs> stupid blubbering cunt that game is stupid Ugh, I hate Nintendo Rat, get me on track I hate Nintendo so the whole premise of this console is hey, the Joy-Con. It, it's a console and a handheld. That's that's what people want, and we hope Nintendo's going to see the mistakes they've made the past couple of years, especially with the Wii U, and just get down to making some video game ass video games. Yep. And then the first thing in this presentation is one two one, switch, two, switch, which is a just... game that is all motion controls and no looking at the screen. Below a tech demo. It is less than a tech demo. Reggie even compared it to Wii Play, which is like, uh... Like, he goes, it's not the Wii Sports, it's the Wii Play. Yeah. It's... 
And, and it's not a pack-in. It's no, it's not. It's a full-priced game that you have to buy in addition to your $300 console. Which, boy, that, that presentation actually lost me right at the start with the price of the console. Apparently that's the least of its problems. Yep. Based on everything that was to follow. Yeah. Well, like, no, people love this dumb thing for some reason. No, I... I've not heard many... I have not heard many dissenting opinions, personally. Hmm. But, um... Wait a minute, so what exactly is getting in the way of it, though, being a portable thing I can play Zelda on? On my lunch break. You can do that, but it's also, you know, well, I mean, like, a two to three hour battery life is kind of one. Um, yeah. That's a bit low for battery life, but you're also... Did you say two to three hour? I thought yeah. they said it was higher than that. No, it's... They said per game. And... Yeah, and it's going to vary per game, and, like, I have to think with a game that is going with as much graphical fidelity as the new Zelda game is not gonna get a whole lot of more than Game Gear battery life out of that thing. Yeah. Um, and isn't it true that you also cannot charge it while playing it? Pretty sure you can't. Nope. Well, yeah, and Robinson pointed that out. There's All so right. much weird conflicting stuff. Like, the port is on the bottom, so if it's on the stand you won't be able to charge it, but I think if you're holding it in your hands, you would be able to. Alright. But Oh, yeah, he said he couldn't, you, um, if you wanted to, if you want to play it on the TV, then you have to unplug it then you have then you have to unplug it and play it on your play it portably which is how yeah. i plan on playing everything yeah. on it so <laughs> yeah john just wants a portable which makes sense. yes and i think a lot of people would really prefer if they were marketing this as a portable because that's nintendo's thing basically at this point like yeah 3ds 3ds did well Wii you did not like god yeah. Did 3DS sell like 10 to 1 or something? Like something 60 like million that, to 6 yeah. million? Like it's it's not even close at this point. I mean, the DS Lite trumped the Wii too, right? Yeah, their their handhelds and the Wii was there huge then. The GBA outsold the GameCube stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because handhelds are great. So like you know they're trying to take that those people like Red who think, man, handhelds are cool, but I wish I could just play all these games on my TV. Yeah. Instead, so that's what they're trying to do with the Switch, and they're trying to make this whole Joy-Con thing not seem like it's just the fucking Wii Remote 2.0. Mm-hmm. It's like it's but literally. But then they this... immediately. Yeah, but then they immediately go right into doing everything that nobody gave one flying fuck about for the Wii. the Wii Remote. Yeah. Oh, but the Wii sold so many, so what if we could just recapture that magic again with... That's what it feels Mil- like, is they think that somehow, like, that was the reason? I mean, Wii Sports did move a lot of fucking copies of the Wii. Like, is that, like, is that what they're basing their next five years on? I mean... It's part of it. Like, I think the whole problem is that this thing seems to be just kitchen-seek approach. Yeah. where they're just throwing everything into it at once. Well, yeah, of I mean, they, they said as much with, like, the way the controls work. It's like, oh, it's the N64. It's the <laughs> GameCube controller. Everybody loves that piece of garbage. I like Rocky, the GameCube if you controller. Think, if you think the GameCube <laughs> controller is good, boy, oh boy, are you real stupid. I like the GameCube controller. 
What's wrong with the GameCube controller? It feels like garbage. <laughs> Anyways. That D-pad? Like like a tiny oh, little baby D-pad. Your fucking shoulder triggers that take 18,000 years to actually press in. <laughs> oh, they're so thick. It's so good. It's so garbage. Okay, I will give you the D-pad being garbage, though. But don't yeah, worry, because the, the Switch... The Switch doesn't actually have a D-pad on the default Joy-Con. Nope. nope. The return of C buttons, I guess. Boy, oh boy. Those work well. I think the biggest problem is that there seems like a real divide between Nintendo software and hardware right now. Like, it, none of it matches! Yeah. Because I feel like with the Wii, they made Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort, and then they were just like... Okay, what if we just make a bunch of 2D platformers now and, like, not really continue to explore the motion controls? Yeah. And then with the Wii U, they made, uh, what was the Nintendo Land and that WarioWare thing. Yeah. And then kind of nothing else used the gamepad besides Star Fox, which was a huge miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they were just like, okay, well, what if we also make a bunch of 2D platformers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So now this is just like, okay, we've got one game showing off these weird motion controls in H HD rumble. But it's not even a pack-in, so it's not even them being like, oh yeah, this is our vision for this console. It's just like, why would they lead with that? Seriously. This Nintendo, and they don't have the slightest fucking clue. As we're about to find out as we get deeper into yeah. this fucking shithole. So let's like, take a moment to talk about the one good thing. Zelda? No, no, no. <laughs> Zelda's gonna be boring. It's gonna be the same your, boring Your thing. face is boring. Zelda's gonna be this, I think it looks cool. Zelda's gonna be the same boring thing in the end that it's always been. And people are getting themselves hyped up way too much. No, but Skyward Sword's gonna be more open. It's not gonna be like dungeons. It's gonna be <laughs> just the thing. Uh, how about how about red like like especially John, what if I said the words to you? Super Mario Brothers Adventure. <laughs> okay, I have issues about how the internet has reacted to this. This game looks amazing! I think this game looks fantastic! I am all I... about playing this game! Yeah. Okay, I... so yeah, the, the game looks really good, and there's more than just the Mario with humans levels. Yeah, yeah that was one level. Which, which, which level. people seem to really ignore. Yeah. Like, there's that weird kind of pastel-looking one, and then there's, like, the mariachi desert with also ice cubes everywhere that looks cool yeah but the whole internet will not stop talking about new donk city yeah well yeah. that's a pretty great fucking name for a city if we're being yeah. honest it looks amazing that's a, a great premise for like a level in a mario game is what about just uncanny valley hell yeah like that's that's amazing but here's here's my issue with this the mm. entire internet is going Oh, it's like Sonic 2006. I wonder if he kisses a girl at the end. <laughs> and then everyone in our community is going, Oh, it's like Sonic it's like Adventure. Yeah, Adventure. Which is yeah. the first game where Sonic stood next to realistically proportioned humans. Yeah. And I think you're both wrong. To me, that I saw that and I went, Oh, it's like Sonic it's Unleashed. Sonic which Unleashed. Was, <laughs> which is the one where he went to New York. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> He went like to New Sonic York Un and, like, Africa and... Yes, Sonic Unleashed was specifically about all real-world locations. Yeah, so yeah. It's just funny that there are three Sonic games you can relate this to. Also, like, out of nowhere, racism. 
Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then uh, just... yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually played that game though. I, I played up to I, think... I played up to a little past the racism. Yeah. Wow. I think I think Super Mario Odyssey is gonna be pretty a pretty rad thing. Yeah. They're not making 3D World 2. Thank I'm God. really glad about that. Thank God. They yep. finished the three. I love. I fucking love Super Mario 3D World. That game is finished. They <laughs> that game reaches like a climax, and then it reaches another climax, and then it goes, and then there's four more worlds. <laughs> they Super Mario 3D Land World has been exhaustively explored. That possibility space is dead. We thought yeah, the same. I mean, we thought the same thing about New Super Mario Brothers as well. They just kept doing that. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'll give them two games, basically. Like, they did Galaxy 1 and 2, and then they did 3D Land and World. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's time to move on after 2. Yes. And maybe open world again, instead of, like, the... Instead of more open levels again, instead of the linear obstacle courses. Like, that's cool. It is funny, though, having Polly be like, oh, this looks good, when, like, the main comparison point they go is, like, Uh, Super Mario 64 and Sunshine. Exactly. (laughs) The good Mario game. There's even goop on some of the levels from Sunshine. (laughs) Don't remind me! So, yeah. Like, I've heard people echo that. They're saying, like, alright, after Galaxy 2 and 3D Land and 3D World, maybe it's time, maybe we don't need straight, linear, optical courses as our only Mario experience. And, because Mario 64 was really fucking cool. So, I'm down. I'd make, and I, and I grew to like Mario 64. I think that game's yeah. alright, but I think that, I think that Super Mario Sunshine is a pile of yeah, garbage. Sunshine. Nobody actually... No, like, did you guys know that... Like, I did the scientific research, and I found out that nobody on the planet Earth actually likes Super Mario Sunshine, and that it's all just, like, a big brainwashing campaign by Nintendo. <laughs> it's the same thing as the way nobody actually likes Pokemon, but it's just, like, everybody gets brainwashed because of special uh, brainwashing... Dude, look up the patents. There is brainwashing patents that you can look up from Nintendo that date back to 1994 that were originally used in Pokemon slash Pocket Monsters, and they put that technology in Super Mario Sunshine as well. Maybe it started with World. (laughs) Perhaps, yeah. Like, Super Mario World's not that great either. Uh, Both Anna and I played Mario's Pokemon Sun for a while, and then we were like, eh, I don't really feel like finishing this. <laughs> Me after like three hours, and her after like 25, and then everyone else was like, this is so, this is so magical and perfect and amazing, I love this so much, and we were just like, huh, okay. <laughs> so it goes. So like, the only good thing to come out of that whole thing was Super Mario Odyssey. Now we can go back to shitting on the whole thing. I think Zelda looks cool. You're gonna be disappointed by the end, I'm sure. Okay, well, I'm gonna that's... wait. I'm not gonna jump on day one again. Like that didn't work out last time. No. You have a Wii U. Let's not forget, you have a Wii U. You don't fucking play. Yeah, that's a good. Well, point. I'm waiting to. I'm gonna play Bayonetta soon. Bayonetta. I've, I've got a bunch of platinum games on it. I'm ready to play. Bayonetta. Um, Bayonetta's a game that's thirsty as fuck. You're gonna love those games. I'm oh, gonna love God. those games. I'm positive. Um, I'm never, never gonna play NES Remix again. I'm never gonna play. I'm never gonna play Pikmin, but I have 
Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2, and Wonderful 101. Can we talk about the lack of, like, any kind of mention of Super Mario Maker? That really bummed me out. Like, oh, yeah. That was, like, their big, that's their big thing right now. That actually, that was an explosion. Yeah. That's the best game on the Wii U. Sort of the most streamed Twitch games on Twitch. So, like, uh, how do you not follow that up, or at least you end? followed up with Mario Maker 3DS? Oh, available now for the 3DS without the ability to search for levels. You can street pass levels with all your friends. Apparently, that version is selling really well in Japan. Yeah, so I think like, it, why? I think you it idiots. did. It did 900k, I think. Yeah. Everyone has 3DSs. Yeah. yeah. But you can't share your levels online. Nope. What the fuck? So dumb. Uh, going back to... Online, though! Hey! hey I, heard the sw- I heard the Switch has got some great online uh. features. You know what I can't wait for? So, with the Switch... I can't believe they led with this. And by the way, you'll have to pay for online now. They fucking <laughs> led with that. They were they so go, happy about it! That was before any games. They go, the price is $300, which is fine, whatever. It's not awful. And you'll have to pay for online now. Like, what? What? It's like Nintendo. The bastions of I don't know how to do internet now want yeah. me to give them money for online. And and then, like, the things that kept falling out of their mouth, like, so much diarrhea afterward about that online plan? It's crazy. Who? Everything online is managed through a smartphone app. You set up parties, you set up matchmaking with a fucking smartphone app. How out of touch are you? I have to imagine you'll be able to join like a rando game in Splatoon with just the system, right? You have to be able to. I, I don't fucking think so. I'm waiting I, for... I cannot wait until Splatoon comes out and it's like, no, yeah, you're I, gonna have to trade friend codes and use your online app and... If oh you my really God. can't just join a random public game, that will be The death insane. of Splatoon 2. Like, yeah. Splatoon 2, the dead on arrival. At that point. Yeah, it's really cynical that the two games that they're porting from the Wii U right now are... <laughs> Splatoon and Mario Kart 8, because those are the ones with online. How fucking divorced from reality is Nintendo to think any of this is a good idea? So the thing I was going to say a second ago is that I'm really scared about a Mario Maker version now. Yeah, that's going to be Where there's paid online. Too. Well, how is that going to work? Yeah. Are you going to have to fucking pay to download people's courses? Is that could they put that behind the paywall? It's like you you have to be subscribed, and once you once you let your subscription lapse, you don't have access to those online levels anymore, even if you've downloaded them. <laughs> and let's right. not forget the coup de fucking gras. <laughs> the coup de fucking gras. <laughs> Did you guys know that with Xbox Live? and PSN Plus, you get any number of, of of free games a month that you can just have. Did you yeah, guys know that? Bad. 
I, I do know, because that's like half the stuff I talk about on the podcast is yeah. stuff like that for PlayStation Plus. Talk about a way to incentivize your audience to like pay to kind of keep your servers going and keep things maintained. That's pretty great, right, John? Yeah. Well, guess what? Nintendo's doing it too. Imagine them and their big back catalog of great NES and SNES and N64 classics. Just like, boom, here's a free game every month from Nintendo's library. How how does that make you feel in your pants, John? Um, super turned on. John, what if I told you that in addition to having that extra game a month, uh, after that month's over, they take it away. And you have oh. to buy it. Oh. How short... So- like, on. On, on a scale of... One to Donald Trump. How short-sighted would you call that? Uh, two. <laughs> Which Wait. is still pretty high, I think. I think that goes the other way. I think it should be Donald Trump. Yes, as far as, as far as that's goes. that's what I was going for, John. <laughs> I don't understand. John yeah, doesn't no, I'm get mean, numbers. I'm saying that if, if Donald Trump's at 10, most short-sighted, and one is least short-sighted, then right. I think well, even okay, Nintendo's okay. thing is a two. Which is still pretty far along the scale, I think. No, it's a 10, John. It's Donald okay. Trump. I don't understand. Yeah, with a program, gigantic <laughs> fucking baby. Come on, Nintendo. I mean, John. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, like when I saw that, I was literally just like, how do you, how, how do you think that's, like, even remotely a good idea? That's the craziest thing I've ever seen, kind of. Because it's like, everything about this was like, okay, remember when Sony had the PS3 and they got their ass kicked, and then they fucking came out swinging with the PS4, and now they're back on top. Yeah. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see desperate Nintendo, we're gonna see them make it smart, pro-consumer choices. They take the game away at the end of the month. Like, I kept waiting for somebody to announce during the week that, like, Oh, like, 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 you pay your subscription every month and you have access to a variety of Nintendo's catalog. You just always have that service. So if I want to play Kirby's Adventure, boom, I've always got access to Kirby's Adventure. No, no, this is... What was I thinking? I had to smack myself several times for thinking that Nintendo would actually be, like... Like, and there's no time for them to reverse course here. Like, this thing no, is literally, yeah. this thing is literally out in, like, six weeks. Even though it sounds like, everything about this sounds like, should actually be shipping this holiday. They're just putting it out early, because Sega, yeah. basically. Like, they're kind of like Sega the, Saturning this shit. Like, the online service isn't done. They're not actually going to be charging it till the fall, because it's not done. Yeah. And they're also saying stuff like, oh yeah, we're not going to have Netflix or anything like that at launch. We're, we're focusing on video video games only, no multimedia stuff. Because mm-hmm. why would you want to use a tablet like that? Yeah, like that would be totally stupid. Nobody uses tablets for anything like that. It's really crazy because like, part of me being really interested in this is that I don't have a smartphone or a tablet. So I was like, oh, you could watch Netflix on this thing probably and like have some all the other media functions and instead when they're like oh and to use the online you have to connect it to your smartphone like what (laughs) 
just—it's mind-boggling. Insane. I have to think that if they don't want to fucking tank within the first year, there's got to be a drastic rethinking. Like somebody at Nintendo has to be looking at like the videos like people like Jim Sterling have done, where he just completely ripped them a new asshole. And somebody's got to be relaying this to somebody and say, guys, I don't think this is the way to go. We probably need to rethink this in time that we're not making people pay for this garbage. I mean, it kind of feels like when the Xbox One was announced. Yeah. And they had the whole online-only stuff well, and people flipped just, out. Well, you can just play an Xbox 360, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, and then having, like, the Wii U is like, oh, if you want to play Splatoon and Mario Kart without paying for online, there's an option for that. Yeah, just play it on the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, this this presentation overall was like, man, maybe I should just grab a Wii U for Mario Kart and Zelda. And the thing is, like, Nintendo are actively buying stock back. Yeah. So They're trying to get rid of Wii U's. Yeah. They're actively buying stock back so that they can sell it back. To people at the price that they want to control because they know that this is going to be what most like a lot of people think is like fuck your dumb new system with its garbage i'm just going to buy a wii u and mm. play the new zelda and then all of those other games that i miss yeah wait breath of the wild is still coming out on wii u yes yeah huh yeah yeah john, yeah, john you said that you, you do have a system that can play it in only All 720p, right. but just okay. not on the, and not on the go. Alright, this is probably going to be like the Wii U where, I wait, where I'd wait like three or four or five years and then pick up a Switch and I can play the new Mario. <laughs> or then, say, and then they'll have like some, they'll have like five or six cool games. Yeah, five or six. Because, yeah, five or six. Because third party's going to abandon this thing about a year in. I mean, you'd think they wouldn't, though, because if it just gets the support the 3DS is getting from Japan. Mm-hmm. Which it's getting, like, new fire, like, 20,000 million <laughs> new Fire Emblem games. I haven't really enjoyed watching that that thing. It's getting the new uh, mainline Shin Megami Tensei. Um, I like that the logo for that wasn't even translated on the screen. That was pretty good. Like, that as soon as I saw good. the logo, I knew what it was. I didn't. I was just like, yep, Japanese characters. Wait, wait, wait. is it Shin Megami Tensei 5? Yeah, it's the next mainline Shin Megami Tensei. Huh, badass. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, yeah, some of the stuff kind of revealed after Tech was funny, where it's like, oh yeah, No More Heroes 3, we're starting development right now. Yeah. Like, great. Oh yeah, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, that's a launch title. (laughs) I like how smug they were. We felt Zelda would be lonely. <laughs> yeah, that was real fucking funny. Uh, I, well, we'll get into that later. I, I, I kind of like the communal aspect of, like, a bunch of folks gathering around the monthly game and talking about it. Like, that kind of is a neat way of bringing a sort of communal focus onto an old title. I mean, that part is cool in the way they're adding online to SNES games, I guess. Is neat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but they can still do that without removing it at the end of the month. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh, yeah. there's no benefit to that besides shoving everyone under the next free game. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I saw the greatest post. Somebody goes, oh, and by the way, the first two and a half years of free games are just going to be the NES Classic. That's basically how it's going to be. <laughs> Do you imagine if they did that, where it's just Super Mario 1. Gyromite. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh god, go in release order. Yeah, do Gyromite, like, one player, one, like, put it online, one player controls the platforms, the <laughs> other player controls the, the character. Oh, God. Balloon fight for a month. Yeah! Oh. Wrecking crew for a month. Hell yeah, sign me up. Elevator action. Is that Nintendo? I don't think it's Nintendo, Nintendo but it, it might have just been, like, licensed from Taito. Yeah. Hogan's Alley! <laughs> yeah, there we go. I can go for a month of everyone talking about Bionic Commando on the NES. Yeah, yeah, that game's pretty good. Yeah. So is there anything I, I, else, like, about the Switch that kind of stands out? I think the funniest thing is that a few days later they announced a new Fire Emblem for the 3DS. Yeah! Like, <laughs> way to support the new system, you guys. Like, I don't care if something's announced for both, but, like, boy. Handhelds are their bread and butter, and they're just not putting their way behind this thing, it seems, right now. Mm -mm. Or just going to the Wii U, right? Yeah. Because, like, when the DS came out, they were like, oh, this is a third pillar. We're still going to support the GBA. And then, of course, they didn't. Yeah. So, it's really weird seeing them announce a new Fire Emblem 3DS game, though. Mm Mm-hmm. That looks really good because it has dungeons and stuff now. Was it? Isn't that a remake of like the second game? Yeah. Which had dungeons and dungeons. I guess they just. Yeah, that's funny. Fire Emblem never... games are Fire Emblem games are alright. I like Fire Emblem. Yeah. Anna likes Fire Emblem. I need to finish Awakening so I can yap about it with her. Mm. Gonna do that after Zero Time Dilemma though. Finish Zero Time Dilemma. <laughs> the games. The games are good. I believe you. Yeah. So is that it for the Switch? Yeah, I think, like, like, until this thing is out and people are talking about it and we're realizing just how absurd Nintendo really is, we're, we're not going to know much uh, yeah. more about it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, 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 that, that is your Soxcast Switch moment mm-hmm. brought to you by Nintendo. <laughs> Yep, uh, John, John you've got, you've got. Uh, are you talking about Mega Man Two, or did Rhett just put that there as a funny? <laughs> um. Well, I didn't really play a whole lot this week. I finished. Yeah. I finished Dog and Rapa Two, and then I played. Um, I just played some games that made me feel nice. This was kind of a hard week for a lot of reasons, and yeah. I got sick. I had some bullshit at work, and um, so I just played games that made me feel good. So, and Mega Man Two is at the top of that list. Basically, is one of the tops of that list. So, do you want to talk about that, or are we just gonna say like it's the Rat Show and then <laughs> move towards the end? Um, I beat it without um, I beat it without using master weapons, um, except when it's mandatory for the first time. Yeah. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, except for I had to um, I had to drop a save state before fucking the second wily form because you just can't dodge that thing's attacks no I think. not really yeah i um, don't think as a kid i ever actually got past that boss where you have to conserve crash bombs yeah that's <laughs> like like that just literally didn't occur to me to not shoot all of them 
funny. Yeah, yeah. I watched so you can use one crash bomb um, on to beat kill Wily two in one hit, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. But in order to do like a no damage run, um, you need to go through the crash bomb boss and then have one more crash bomb for Wily two. But that, so I watched it. Like, I was like, I was looking at no damage runs because there's a number of points in Mega Man two that just that feel pretty bullshitty like oh how can i get possibly get past this yeah and everyone had all these weird hacks and one of them was if you shoot one crash bomb you can position it so that it blows up one of the walls and one of the things at the same time yeah yeah and then you can get to wily with the one crash bomb you need to hmm. blow him up and not take any damage which i think was pretty hilarious yeah, but that so sounds kind of like a bug where Wily is just like taking damage every frame from the yep. animation of. So if, if you do that crash bomb wall boss normally, do you just not have any extras? No. It has exact. You need Ugh. to use exactly the right Jeez. number. You cannot make a mistake. Yeah, it's... and then you have to farm. If you fuck up. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you fuck up, then you get game over and you game over or you farm. Um, yeah, that's sort of the that's sort of the thing about Mega Man 2. It's by far my favorite of the NES games. Um, and it's so fucking messy and it's real endearing. Well, it's because uh, it took them six months because they were on quite a fucking. I think I read three months. <laughs> yeah. Like they. Yeah, that's right. Three months. That three and they months. Just, they said like on Mega Man One, they had time to like play test the levels. Mega Man Two, they just didn't. They just made the levels. Like said, yeah, that's crazy. I'm sorry. That's crazy that it came out so much better too. I know, and like, it's Mega so Man Two good. is so good. It's so good. Um, they just nail. It's like they nail everything that really matters. So all the shit that all the surrounding bullshit just kind of fades into the background, especially once you've beaten it a couple times, because basically everything that's bullshitty in that game, um, you just kind of have to figure out once. And yeah, it becomes unbullshitty. Like, like, once you're familiar with the game, like, any of us could sit down any given day now and just roll through that game. Exactly, especially if you're using Master Weapons. Um, yeah, the only I ones not... I, I beat Quick Man and Heat Man's whole stage and boss in one life, which I felt pretty good about. Nice. Yep. And yeah, like Metal Blades, like it's kind of like um, Splash Woman's Trident. Once you get that, you play yeah. through the rest of Mega Man 9 and you don't use your normal buster at all. Yeah. I loaded up Mega Man 9 and played, like, I played every single stage um, mm-hmm. um, till I got game over. And the only one, and I didn't beat, like, any of them but Galaxy Man's, I think. Yeah, Galaxy uh, Man's. Kind of the easiest. Mm hmm. That game's hard. I really, yeah, it is. I really like that. I haven't been able to sink time. In, I only beat it the one time when it came out and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, then I think that was right before Christmas, and then I got all the fancy new toys and started other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back and roll through Mega Man 9 and really appreciate that game. That, it's, game's it's worth, that game's worth appreciating because like the robot master weapons... Are like like they all so have good. very utility, you know, like utility uses. Feels good. Like that game was yeah. solid, yeah. top to bottom. That game taught me to use the other weapons instead of just mega bustering everything. Yeah, yeah. especially the like Wily Castle. Castle. The Wily Castle in that game is murderous. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely basically forces, which is kind of the point of those. 
where it's the part of the game where you have all the weapons so they can throw everything at you. Yeah. Yeah, and they kind of lost that as they moved along. Like, Mega Man 1 and 2, or Mega Man 1 straight up forces you to use, like, individual weapons. Like, they'll yeah. put crap gutsman, block, gutsman blocks in front of you, mm-hmm. um, among other things. Um, and then in Mega Man 2, you have to use the item blocks, and a couple of the bosses require, like, crash bombs or bubble lead. Yeah, but and then it, in Mega Man X, they, they stop that. Yeah, like, because you get further into that series to kind of, like, like the weapons kind of just feel like they're there to suit the purpose of having yeah. weaknesses. Yeah, and it's all just the boring rock, paper, scissors thing, whereas Mega Man 2 and 3 have kind of weirdly, like, nonlinear, intricate weakness loops. Yeah. Um, which are really cool. And I listened to a bunch of Mega Man 3's music, and that game is so gorgeous. Yes! God, yes. fucking hell. I love Mega Man. Mega Man 9 is probably the Mega Man game that I have not... Um, the best Mega Man game that I haven't really appreciated. Um, yeah. So I need to play through a bunch and figure it out. Like, I guarantee you play that game again now. Like, you are <laughs> going to be in love all over again. That game's yeah. so well put together. Mm-hmm. I've I also really played um, Powered Up once, which I know is one of your favorites. Yeah, I love Powered Up. So, yeah, I think the best Mega Man games I haven't really appreciated are... Um, nine and i also haven't played legends 2 and past that i've i've completed mega man <laughs> uh i know i know another one you haven't played actually well, that, yeah uh, mega man legends 3 i i knew it was coming because that game is never coming out you know Polly, i've kind of made peace with that have you you finally made yeah. peace with it we'll just have to make make the mega man legends 3 guardian heroes <laughs> guardian heroes is garbage <laughs> uh, Super Mario Sunshine 2 announced for the Nintendo Switch. It, it would fit that piece of garbage console. No, that's what Odyssey is. Yeah, They're like, know. we're looking to our best Mario game, Duh. Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, and making I think a sequel Sunshine to that. looks nice. I'll probably play it at some point. Don't play uh, it. No, you really shouldn't. Like the camera in that game is terrible. It is untenable. Okay, okay. I should probably like enjoy 64 at least once like more oh, than yeah. once me, play, me, yeah. me playing that game as my first stream was not me being ha ha he he look at me i'm playing it up for the can no that game is fucking hard to play god that's funny i've seen like people try to analyze why that game feels bad and i think a lot of it is that when you do the hover with the jetpack thing mm-hmm. like it takes control of the camera away from you like it automatically faces forward no matter what yep Oh yeah, and that that sucks. <laughs> so yeah. it's really hard to line up jumps the way you want to mm-hmm. because it just forces the camera forward. Mm-hmm. And then there's the pat there's the levels where they take away the pack and it's no longer doing that. And those levels are don't fun. All take a million years. Yeah, those levels are fun. They made a game called it Gal- Galaxy. Super hard yeah. Galaxy. <laughs> there you go. Um, we we're yeah, just Mega- talking about Mega Man, right? Yeah. So, I just realized Mega Man 9 is pretty old at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. It's a retro game. Yeah, like, John was 12 when that came out. Wow. <laughs> it was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, I think it was um, 2008, maybe? God. God. Because for me, that still feels at least semi-recent, and it's really not. Mm-mm. But yeah, that game easily stands next to Mega Man 2 and 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of learns from them and contemporizes a few things while also still being really hard like the hardest one mm. definitely yeah 
Yeah, and, and it I doesn't replay... feel bullshit hard either. Like some yeah, parts in Mega Man One, it does have some bullshit though. Like where there's just pits where you when you jump across, an enemy pops up and hits you into the pit. Well, there's yeah, there's, but it's funny. There's a <laughs> lot more pits and spikes in that game, I think, than any other Mega Man game. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mega Man Nine like plays into the sort of I want to be the guy thing as part of a joke, though. It's sort of like it's sort of playing yeah. into it. Yeah, and yeah, I, I really appreciate that hard. about it. What? Yeah, it's definitely not as hard. And like, once you learn, oh, if I kind of fake out those enemies that jump in the pits, like you can get past past them easily. Yeah, but like, yeah. a blind run of that game goes pretty poorly for oh, most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but it's, it's hard really funny. It ter- it feels a lot more deliberate than in something like one or two, where that yeah. those games have some bullshit. And then when Mega, Man, but when Mega Man Nine just has like has this the traps. The oh, jokes on you! The guys that drag you across into the spikes. Oh yeah, That's so <laughs> cool. Those things are so evil. <laughs> I fuck it. They, I, I was watch. Anna was sitting there with me playing it. Why? I played it for like and forty five minutes and pl- start played every level until I got a game over. And almost every single time I died, I like cackled to myself like, because <laughs> <laughs> it was just some funny joke. The way I died. Yeah. Because yeah. the game just has this great timing. And amazing music. Holy shit. Oh god, the music's so great. Yeah. I replayed one a little while ago too, and I think that one's also one of my favorites. Because it just I think Mega Man One still holds up. I yeah, think, I think they, that game's they still pretty the good. Pacing. They get the pacing right. When you get through once you get to the Wily Castle, it pushes you through that mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think any of the other ones besides um, two and nine really manage. Yeah. And I think that's why it really sticks for me because they really, it just feels propulsive in that and way. And it's not just a boring capsule room when you do the refights. Like they're part yeah. of the stages, which feels really cool. Yeah. That's something it has over two. Yeah. Yeah. I really prefer that method. I think Mega Man X does that. Yeah. Mega, well. Man Mega Man X1 one. does that too. And I love it. It just mm-hmm. seems like a way better way to handle those mm-hmm. instead of just eight in a row. Here's a oh. capsule room. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. It gets worse as the in the X games as they move along because yeah. the boss fights get so involved. Like, at least in Mega Man 2, every fight is over in, like, ten seconds if you have their weakness or less. If they yeah. not. Figuring out how to beat Crash Man without the Buster was real fun. Oh, that's so easy. You just, like, run, yeah. jump, shoot, run. Jump shoot. Well, run. it is very easy, but then I, I didn't figure... It took me, like, seven deaths to figure it out. And then once I did, I felt so clever. And, like, and Metal it, Man only responds to the B button. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of bosses that play that way and that are kind of cute. Woodman feels impossible. I, I yeah. googled it and found out that you can one, walk under him, but it's the timing's nearly impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Basic. Oh, um. So basically, here I'll just chew through the other couple ones. I tried the other one I tried, which is I um I raced through Super Mario Land a couple times mm-hmm. today. That game's because fun. It's just fun. It's just it just has a real nice flow to it. You just race through it, and it feels really nice. Should be your first speed run yeah. game, John. Yeah. Yeah. Or Castlevania Adventure. Well, don't look at it. <laughs> I love that the task for that game can't even speed it up. <laughs> the task is like 18 and a half minutes. That's insane. God. Yeah, Super Mario Land. Just 
I think it's the music that really makes that game. The, and the way they vary the settings. Do, like, do, do, do. Yeah, it just it just feels so warm and cuddly. Yeah, and and you get to and one and World Three gets really legit intimidating, and then for the last level of World Three, they play the cave music outside of a cave. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. That game's yeah, physics World... takes a while to get some use to get used to, though. Good lord, that game does not control well. It kind of feels like a graphing calculator game. Yeah, it really does. I described it to folks. Um, I mean, but... given when that game came out, it was still amazing, though. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, exactly. Like it was like, oh my god, it's Mario on the go. Yeah, exactly. I think they, that's the thing about it is that they don't really nail the. Mario perfect play game feel, but they nail everything else. Yeah, and they the don't really. Is really interesting. They don't really nail that to so, till Super Mario Land Two. Yeah, uh, which didn't really stick with me the time I played it, but um, I really like how one Super Mario Land also plays with your size. Like it actually matters whether you're small or big. Yeah, a lot of the areas they just just not for big things, just for making the levels branch out in little ways. Yeah, um, there's the one path under the level mm-hmm. that you can only take if you're small and you hop on an invisible bridge. Yeah. Which I found out as an adult and I was just like, what? Um, it's a very cute game. Yeah, it's just cute. It's in, just endearing. It just flows very nicely and I played through it a hell of a lot more times than I played through Super Mario Brothers 1. <laughs> John, I think we, uh, found your, we found your speed game. I think maybe, yeah. I, I was trying to, I thought I um, booted up again, like, because I got to, like, halfway through World 3 without dying, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should try to beat this without dying. Um, and then I died ten more times. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I might try to shoot for that. Just, like, learn it enough to get through it without dying, and and then maybe try to do the speedrun. There, there you go. There you go. Speedrunning's fun. Mm-hmm. Um... I'll just go ahead and say my last thing, which is that, and I went to New Orleans over the weekend. Went and to New Orleans? Yeah. We oh. got really drunk and partied a lot, which is not usually our jam. And John was not. a stripper! We did not do, we we witnessed an amateur stripping contest I think in a gay club in New Orleans at one, like 1230. Why didn't you join, John? I'm disappointed. Oh, I really, I, I was like, I knew in my heart, like, the correct thing to do in this situation is to join it for the story. Yeah. And Anna was sitting over there saying, John, we need to do this. We need to do this. And then we just couldn't do it. I, I was like, it turns out when I drank a lot, I was already kind of culture shocked because, you know, all the naked people and whatnot. Um, but then also... I think being drunk made me just really a lot more shy and self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, there's a one point where I was just sitting on a couch, just like, while Anna was in the bathroom, just like, <sighs> we walked down <laughs> Bourbon Street the first night, and God, yeah, it was a very different scene than we're used to, believe it or not. It was very strange. Yeah. It was very fun. The next day was better because we went to like a non-tourist trap street and mm-hmm. like went into a bunch of pre- cool clubs where they were playing really good music turns out there was an amateur stripping cl- uh, stripping contest there too <laughs> um no but that didn't stop us from stripping um 
No, I'm kidding. Uh, but then there was like an all girl band singing really good covers. And we actually just like got drunk. We were drunk. And then we danced for like an hour and a half, which our bodies are not built to handle that. I would. We are very, we are very sedentary people. Yeah. And we danced for an hour and a half straight and then walked back to the hotel and yelling about how much, how gay we are for girls Mm -hmm. and got into the hotel and fell asleep. And it was a very novel experience and very different for our history. And then we got home and Anna immediately got incredibly sick. <laughs> Anna's been sick all week at week. She cannot actually, her, she's lost her voice entirely the last couple days now. Mm. So she's communicating with me selfie style. From, from, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh. And that is, that has been my week. That has been my, Jeez. since the last podcast. So Rhett. What else have you been up to? Uh, I played the walking simulator Firewatch. Oh, hey, how was that? That's, that's I'm interested. You look around for fires. No, it's a, it is a narrative-based game that takes place in first person. It's a little more open than a lot of those games tend to be, though. Right. Uh-huh. But it is very, like, the story beats are all basically in a row, and it gives you some leeway to kind of wander around this big map. But for the most part, there's really no reason to. But mm-hmm. it's... Very, very pretty. Yeah, like, definitely. I can tell just from like the videos and stuff that yeah. I've seen of it over the last year. Definitely, pretty. And they give you a disposable camera in the game to take your own in-universe pictures. You too can be your very own prompto. Yeah, it's funny because the game takes place in I think 1989, mm. so it's like this real cheap disposable camera. Nice. And like it goes, it goes into four three when you take a picture. That's and, awesome. Like, he rolls the kind of click click like to move to the next camera afterwards. That's it's awesome. it's a cool detail. So this game starts with a little kind of a, they actually said it started as a twine game basically this intro mm-hmm. that kind of goes through your character's backstory so that you're not totally in the dark to who he is, and then he takes a job as a fire ranger for the summer, and the entire game basically is you having these dialogue choices with this other woman who works as a fire ranger named delilah uh and like the entire game is talking to her basically and Mm. then walking around and doing stuff and they realize like the dialogue in this is kind of unique because normally in games you have to be next to a character to talk to them yeah so in this you can talk anytime into your little radio so kind of brings up interesting gameplay like things where well what if you're doing this and she calls you like you're hike, you're you know rappelling down a mountain, and you get a call. Like, how are they going to handle that? And the the world itself is kind of interesting because it's almost handled like a Metroidvania, where it's like <laughs> at the start there's some places you can't go, and then you get climbing ropes, and you can go there, and then you get like a pickaxe or something, or you get an axe, and you can chop down trees to make like shitty little bridges. Aww. So it's like it evolves naturally, but basically like. Um, you know the game Her Story? Yeah, I know that game. So that's a game with a very, uh, kind of non-ending, ambiguously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically, Firewatch, uh, it's, I don't know how to really explain this. I, the ending of Firewatch pisses people off, basically. Is that's what, what I've heard. heard. Yeah. What I've heard is that, I heard people who are really pissed off about how pissed off people were about the ending of Firewatch. <laughs> There's that. I too, heard a probably. bunch of people 
reacting the same way to people about <laughs> Firewatch as Polly reacted to people about Zero Time Dilemma. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't fucking get it! <laughs> what do you... Th- but also, on occasion, the people I'm talking about are full of shit, so what do you think yeah. of that? I definitely, I definitely had a moment of when it ended. I just kind of went like, "Huh," like because it's a very unnatural, like abrupt cut. Like the game does have interesting cuts where, like, stuff will be happening in game, and it will just cut to day three, like, and then you're back at the tower the next day. Like, oh wow! And there's even a cool way of how like the music that was playing will continue to fit, like, slowly fade out into the next scene. Mm-hmm. So it like never gives never gives gives you a good breathing moment kind of like The Last of Us, I guess. Yeah. But like if there's one overall theme of this game, I think it would be frustration. Oh. So I think <laughs> the the people being frustrated at the ending is probably exactly how the main character feels at the end, and I think that's very intentional. Mm. So it cuz it really kind of gets you to empathize with him and the stuff that's happening. Yeah. So I mentioned the last, not the last of us, uh, her story because her story hinges on one thing entirely, and that's do you believe her or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar oh. because the entire game is talking to this one woman named Delilah. Is she telling the truth or not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's a that's a cool premise. And yeah, it is. Kind of like her story. I don't think there's a definitive answer. And that's there's just fine. A, there's just a lot of theories and people analyzing things to death. So I think, it's oh, a neat it's time. Great. I like yeah. stories like that where there's no clear cut. It's just like, yeah. what do you think? And it's just an intentionally unsatisfying ending, I think. It gives you something, like, uh, something for your brain to chew on for a bit. Yeah, so I've been stewing over that for a few days. Mm. Do you, then do you believe they, they have it? a bunch of other... probably not? Mm. <laughs> do you what, Polly? I, I asked if he believed her. Gotcha. Yeah. Because then there's like a dev commentary mode that I started, but I haven't finished because I'm not sure if I want to go through the whole game again uh-huh. with it. But I heard some people saying like they actually had some things in it that they changed and they like were reacting to people's reaction in the game and stuff. Oh. Uh... I'm not sure how I feel about well, that. Not sure. There was, like, it's hard to explain. There's one thing where, like, you weren't supposed to make this connection, so they put a tree in the way, basically. <laughs> it's hard to explain. That's funny. Weird. And they kind of deliberately sell, say what one thing meant. Um, gotcha. Right. But then it was also nothing. Like, it's totally in your character's head. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. No, it's I don't know. It's a neat game. Like I may be selling it a bit short now. Right. No, but, I'm I I've, I've been interested in it. I'm not sure if the dev commentary is essential though. Like it definitely probably isn't. Also, cool. trivia, uh Nels Anderson, uh formerly of uh that company that made Mark of the Ninja. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's Chemist. uh he was a lead developer on Mark of the Ninja. He was heavily involved with uh, Firewatch as well. Yeah, I remember when Campo Santo was, like, staffing up. It was like, oh, my God, the super team. Yeah. This cool. is going to be cool. Because uh, yeah. the music was Chris Remo. Mm-hmm. I forget what else. Did he do Gone Home? 
I can't remember. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm bad. With I think my, I think yeah. my reaction to Firewatch looking at it from the outside was, oh, this is one of those games that I'm supposed to play and be uh-huh. really psyched about. Um, and then I played a bunch of queer visual novels instead. So <laughs> I felt pretty good about that. But it sounds like it might actually be a neat thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think of, like, good. this style of game, this is probably actually my favorite, just because, like, cool. Gone Home did not click with me because I'm not a gay teenage girl, right. basically. <laughs> and the, the other thing that's fun about Firewatch for me is that, like, Gone Home kind of has this horror vibe to it if you don't know yeah. what it is going in. So yeah. going into Firewatch having no idea what was going to happen, this game, like, makes you paranoid as cool. hell. It's actually cool. kind of a tense thing. Cool. That's an awesome Badass. Game. Yeah, so... Polly, what you been up to? Oh, boy! Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, oh, boy. So, guys, what do you think has been one of my favorite games for, like, mm. probably the last three years or so? In fact, I think... What was your game of the year, 2014? Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Absolutely. Uh, it might have been The Bising of Isaac Rebirth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember That's that game? One. That game's pretty good. Uh, I, I also, I thought The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, which was the, the follow-up that came out a year or so later, pretty good, solid addition to that game. Added a whole bunch of stuff that... Like, just made it a much more complete uh, and finished experience. Just, like, great <laughs> game you could sit down, play anytime, have fun, whether it was a, a won or lost run. Good times had my all. So, about sometime halfway through last year, they, they announced uh, another addition to uh, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth Legacy with The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, which... Uh, the the primary addition to this was to be uh, uh, the, the the support for the mod community so that they could do their thing, which that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's always great when companies kind of like open themselves up to letting their audience make the game their own as well. Um, so the Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus. Um, add, added not only mod support, but it also added uh, some extra content, like uh, an, a new character, an extra um, zone, a new final boss, a new ending. Uh, it, it, How you many know, final it, bosses is that? Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it basically, essentially, and, and it like added the ability to loop if you continue your run through the dark room instead of going to the chest like most people normally do. So they yeah. kind of get they, they incentivized actually going to the dark room instead of the chest, which like the Isaac experience always kind of felt ah, like, the Isaac experience always kind of felt lopsided in that way, and that there wasn't any real reason to go to the dark room. Uh, mm. So now that you can like do victory laps or just keep looping the game, uh, which you know was like a, a kind of a a, a pretty cool prospect so um we didn't get to talk about this last episode because it came out uh a day or two afterward and in typical nicholas fashion (laughs) it was late it was broken um 
Like the mod support, like nobody even knew how to get the rooms into the game that they were the, that they were creating because these guys are just always on the ball. It seems. Yeah. Um. As for the new content, just not a fan. It's not very good. It's yeah. just. Edmund it's, said that they were literally scraping the bottom of the barrel for bosses and enemy designs and ideas, and it really fucking shows. That's kind of a weird thing to say about your video game that's well, coming at out. He, at least he's honest. I mean, I mean yeah. he's, he's clearly done with it by now. Yeah, like, like, it feels like he was done with it when Afterbirth came out, and, like, they wanted to add mod support but didn't feel that they could add just mod support. And, uh-huh. like, I think they just wanted to sell another thing. Yeah. And the it's... way I was going to mention earlier, this is coming out for Nintendo Switch now, and I feel like they're almost, like, making an update so that they can justify the $40 yeah. price tag for that version. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really kind of the only reason it feels like this thing exists as a thing that is beyond adding mod support. Yeah. Um, but, like, the new enemies are just kind of bleh and annoying and not fun in the way that Isaac enemies are fun. Uh, the bosses... The new bosses are terrible. The new bosses like, are straight up... Like, the final boss, like, like the final <laughs> new boss is literally just, hey, I transform between all of the other bosses in the game and I'm super oh. fast. Oh. So... That's not what bugs me about that boss. The bu- thing that really sucks about that boss is the unavoidable damage. Oh, yeah, there's so much unavoidable because damage. basically he'll transform into Mom's foot, which hovers above you before stomping. Yeah. But then fire bullets while doing the hover, and yep. they just um, are immediately on you and you take damage. Yeah. Like, I watched my video back and other people have documented that. So that sucks. Yeah. And the other ones, like Bighorn and Sister's Vis are just shitty yeah like, they're not very good it's weird because sisters vis has like been nerfed so hard now where like they just stand there and you kill them and they don't do anything anymore. yeah they don't do it like when sister vis was originally like you know like in the in, in the in the release day version like it was just yeah. an annoying fucking boss that was way too goddamn tanky yeah and now it's just like a boss that does literally almost fucking nothing it's super weird uh, they also introduced portals that would spawn in enemies, like, yeah. endlessly until you destroyed them, and on launch day, they were out of fucking control, because, like, their spawn rate was ridiculous, they had way too much HP, and I had one that spawned two fucking haunts. <laughs> That's so good. And that's like that's like two bosses. It just it was just like spawning bosses like what the fuck is this game now? Uh but basically kind of like the the direction yeah. they took with it was let's make everything way more hard. And like it feels like the only people they kind of approached for feedback on this thing were people who play this game for a living. Like yeah. Northern Lion and, and, and people of his ilk who tore through all of the Rebirth content and Afterbirth content and like, maybe this is a way to make it harder for them and it's just not, like, I don't think it's feasible for most people now 
Um, I mean, they've been nerfing the hell out of stuff already. Like Sisters of Vist, we mentioned. Uh, yeah, the portals. Yeah. The portals will blow themselves up if they spawn enough enemies. Yeah. Like they do disappear now. Yeah. And like the stone fatties get tired and stop running. Yeah. Periodically. And um, there's a new uh, greedier mode, which, um, <laughs> which is where most of the game's unlocks come from, really. Which means you get to play through all of greed mode again with every character, and greed mode is the most boring way to play that game. Um, so, Polly, guess what I did? What did you did? I played a lot of greedier mode. Did you beat it with every character? I've beaten it with every character that isn't the Lost or Keeper. Oh, damn. So I have all the bloody coin things. And then you know what I did? What did did you did? I I stopped playing Isaac after that because I just don't care about Delirium. Yeah. Like Like that's a way more annoying fight because I got there with a good run Mm -hmm. and like 12 hearts. Not not a good run, but an okay run. Mm -hmm. And like I couldn't even get it down to like 40% health. Yeah. Like that's such a bullshit hard fight. It's it's to the point to where I don't even have Afterbirth Plus installed anymore. Uh. Like I just unticked it from my DLC list mm-hmm. and went back to having normal Afterbirth. It's just like I'm not terribly interested in the mod community aside from I want to probably check out uh The Binding of Isaac Anti-Birth, which seems like yeah. a way better expansion. Of, it's uh, it's unfortunate timing that they that came out like a week before this because yeah I've been looking at videos of the bosses and that and it's unreal how cool they look yeah and there's like, like they 15 of them they completely change like it's not just recolored bosses it's like they have entirely new behavior yeah there's one that you fight in the crawl space so it's like a Legend of Zelda ish thing That's like so what's cool. the one the the Game Boy game awakening and there's one that like sticks to the wall like you know they like those enemies that stick to walls and shoot at you yeah and then like they, they built a boss design around that yeah and like his head rotates and goes through three different phases and like they each have separate life bars mm-hmm. it's real neat so yeah like i'm just like it kind of bummed me out because i hit a point where it was just like I don't want to do the unlock thing in Isaac anymore. Like, I'm not... Like, I don't play Isaac because I want to tick things off of a to-do list. Um, It's fun to get those things naturally when you're playing through Rebirth and Afterbirth. Mm -hmm. uh, Because there's so much of it. But this just comes down to literally go do all of the same content that you've already done. Do it again, but way harder uh, to unlock these items that may or may not be worth it. I mean, that's kind of how it un- the new DLC is going to go, where it's like, well, updated the Polaroid, but you've done everything else to so do the new stuff. Yeah, like I can't, I can't blame them too much for that. I think what's really weird though is having achievements at all when mods disable achievements, and that was supposed to be the whole point of this DLC originally. My favorite part is the achievements that don't work. And that and that stuff too, which I think they fixed, but like they have been pretty good about like there's the, the thirty one day thing is fixed. At least they seem more fucking on top of it than they were with uh, Afterbirth. Yeah. I was not on the PC version for Afterbirth. That seemed like a real shit show. Oh man, it was pretty grody when it came out. It took them about a month to get most yeah. most things fixed, not everything. I have a feeling this will actually still take a month because that's when they're doing the content updates. Yeah. 
There's so some like, really cool mods, though. That's the thing that they're going to be doing, is they're going to continue adding to the Isaac experience with it, uh, with community mods, by making them official. Uh, yeah. And there are sort of, like, rumblings of maybe making Anti-Birth a part of that, but it's like, from, from the person and people responsible for Anti-Birth, it's literally been just touching base and saying... Hey, maybe in the future we can work together. It is nothing that's uh, confirmed. They're not actively working on it. It is Nicholas literally just reaching out and saying, "Hey, maybe we can talk sometime." So, uh, people can kind of like chill yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, chill a bit. But like, ultimately, I'm just kind of like, like if anything, this kind of reaffirms my love for The Binding of Isaac, because, like, I'm not gonna play a shit version just to play it, which is why I uninstalled the DLC, and, like, I'm just going to continue playing The Binding of Isaac uh, Afterbirth normally. Um, Hell yeah. Because it feels like such a complete and finished package. Like, the new ending and the new boss and the new zone add nothing to the game. The new area is literally just random room types from different floors. It's really silly. So it's like, oh, you start in a basement room, and then you go and you're in a depths room, and then you go and you're in a womb room. It's It, it feels like the least amount of effort they could have put forth. Uh, towards something like that, I feel like it's funny. I feel like even Blue Womb had more work done than that. I mean, I think the ultimate bosses they keep adding keep getting worse. Like, yeah, they Mega, do. Mega Satan was awesome. Yeah, and then Hush was pretty good, and then the new one is shitty. Yeah, uh, like, but like Ultra Greed, Ultra Greedier is like, eh. Yeah, I mean, it's got I'm some not cool really ideas. I think he's got some cool ideas, but like then again, like they add that dumb earthquake attack, which is entirely unpredictable and kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like if they just took that out, he'd be a good boss. I mean, that fight just takes fucking forever. Yeah, it takes like a me and like they don't like like in the and like you fight Ultra Greed and then like he transforms and he's even stronger. But they don't do anything to kind of make that first form a little speedier since there's a new version of it now afterward. So it's like uh, it's like a five to seven minute slog of just beating yeah. on the same fucking enemy. And like that's not what Isaac's about. Yeah. That makes sense to but, me. But but still better than Delirium. It's way better than Delirium, because Delirium's garbage. What's Delirium? Delirium is, is the new final boss that's just random and... The shapeshifter. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Unavoidable damage. Just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Red, do you have anything uh, to add about uh, uh, the Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus? I'm, I'm still hopeful for the DLC packs. Like, I'm still going to keep playing this. Like, someone added a new character called May that, like, has orbital tears that spin around her. And, like, when you attack, they extend out a bit. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's actually really balanced it seems because she starts with like 2.5 damage so that makes sense yeah yeah because her tears seem really good but they're weak so mm. like i actually can't get a run going with her mm. so it just seems like there's so much potential there i hope some of it makes good on it basically and, and i don't know if 
like it was intentional or if it's something they actually did or not, but it feels like it is way more rare to get damage up items in this game now. And, like, when you get to the later points of that game, you kind of yeah. need damage, and it feels like the balance is thrown off. I don't yeah. know if that's just RNG that was fucking I think you've me. had some shit, like, definitely, because I've had runs where I'm like, oh, 38 damage, this is fucked. <laughs> yeah, like, I would get to the end of a run, like, or get to the womb, and it would be like, I have 5.2 damage. Uh, like, this is yeah. misery. Yeah. The coolest thing in this update, really, is that you can see your exact stats, finally. Yeah, 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 that, that, that data is surfaced now, which is really cool. Yeah. But, um, man, I'm just gonna stick to, to, to Afterbirth. Yeah. Like, I don't need mods, like, I'm not really at all interested. So. Mm. I feel ya. I think I really want to see Anti-Birth added. Yeah. But at the same time, that's gonna be super weird if that, like, shows up in the Switch version. Because it's like, suddenly a huge portion of this game was made by modders for free, basically. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to hope that they're getting compensated to some yeah. real good degree if it's going to go that far. If it if it happens, that will probably be why it might take a while. Uh, since, it's, since it's Nicholas, I don't see it ever <laughs> happening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is the Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, an unfortunate disappointment mm-hmm. that's got some neat ideas with mods and stuff, but, uh... Like, I don't hate it, but I'm just kind of like, eh, it's okay. Guess like, what? Not gonna be on my Game of the Year list at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem is that, like, Afterbirth had a real core idea to it, which was synergies. Yeah. Like... They added so many good synergies in that, which is what makes it so hard to go back to Rebirth. Yeah. And the Afterbirth stuff is just like, what if we have a new item that kind of does what this other item did, but different? Yeah. Like, like there's, like, cards that do, oh, what if it turns everything in the room to a bomb? Or, like, oh, what if there's a card that gives you Holy Mantle? Like, what? Like... Yeah, it's already exist in the game. Yeah, like it's like like Edmund said, this is the Scraping. bottom of the barrel. I think the coolest thing they added is void, and then they immediately nerfed it a day yep. after yep. release. Because yep. of course they did. Because of course. That said, it was going to be super broken as it was. Oh god! Like you the first used... day, it was so stupid. But it it was so fun that way. Like you could, I was so mad because I was playing post nerf, but I didn't know it, so I saved up like. I scraped this room for as much money as I could because I saw a Pandora's box in the shop. Mm-hmm. And then I get it, and I use it, and it just disappears. And I'm like, oh, what? Because <laughs> you would have been able to use it every six rooms afterwards. Yep. Instead, nope, just once. And there's that bomb that explodes the entire floor. So good. <laughs> like, I can see that that truly would have been broken with Void. Yeah. But it's just like, man, how did you guys not see that? Because you nerfed Lilith immediately after after Birth's launch. Yeah, like she like, got this la- has happened before. Yeah, she got nerfed a day later. Yeah, and then they nerfed the new character a day later. Yeah. So that's that, Brett. Have you, yeah. I, I see that you got one uh, last one more real thing. cool thing on your list before we close mm-hmm. things out here today. So with Ghost Trick, I had a, a theory. I'm just going to play the best game that I haven't played. Right. Yeah. So I played Firewatch, which kind of wasn't really going for that, but I wanted a palate cleanser. Right. Yeah. 
So I continued my journey to play the best game that I haven't played and started up Xenoblade Chronicles again. Oh. And I played about I played about an hour that and I was just like, man. I don't know. I'm just not (laughs) feeling this right now. And it's weird because it wasn't even like a bad hour. It was like a big story revelation happened and like stuff's happening. I got to a new area and I'm just like, man. Maybe you because you played Final Fantasy 15, you'd played something so mm, similar already that. Yeah. And I thought that would kind of motivate me to go into this. But I'm just like, you know what I really appreciate about that game Mm. is how kind of main the main story in that game is actually pretty short. It's like there aren't like a solid half hour of cutscenes. <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of unheard of from Monolith Soft, who came from the Zinner Saga series of one yeah. hour oh. cutscenes. Yeah. Oh, right. That makes this make more sense. Where it's just like, yeah, I did like two enemy encounters and a boss fight and maybe like 40 minutes of cutscenes. <laughs> so it's just like, and. Just don't. I don't know if anybody's ever finished that game, and I don't no. know if that game's worth finishing. Nobody's ever finished Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm starting to think that's actually true. Or Xenoblade Chronicles X, or The Witcher Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah, they, about right. They never have to make another Witcher game because people are still trying to finish the first that one. Exactly. So I played a bit of Xenoblade and just kind of bounced off it. I I'm still committed. <laughs> to finishing that game committed to the cause because it's been like literally a year since i picked it up because i mean let's be honest you're still really feeling it (laughs) you know i'm playing with japanese voices so oh god damn it you you ruin everything i know (laughs) you're gonna play danganronpa with japanese voices when the english voices are way better you play neptunia with the japanese voices when the which are way better no bullshit no bullshit i will fight you on this one i will goddamn knife fight you hey rat (laughs) rat you let me play through sonic adventure twice without letting me know that there's a japanese language option could have been experiencing the true I, I will vision. say, as a kid, I played through that both ways, but I think the English is fine in that because it's like John, not... you are playing a, you are playing fucking Sonic Adventure. You deserve any bit of unpleasantness you get from that experience. <laughs> I think I it do... depends on the thing. Like what was like Final Fantasy fifteen? I played with English because, of course, like they're in America practically in that game. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, the English voice acting is real good. But, like, Neptunia, you're going to play it in Japanese because it's a weeaboo thing. No, you're going to play it in English because the English voices are way better. Your blonde sounds you so f- terrible in that one. You are so stupid. You are How so you- incredibly <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot How- believe how incredibly fucking stupid you are. How hey, old- what is that again? <laughs> I forget. An idiot sandwich. <laughs> so you looked through your list and you thought that Xenoblade's X Xenoblade Chronicles was the best game you'd ever played? That I hadn't played? That I hadn't finished. Well, I mean, right. I, I kinda wanted to get back to that because yeah, I, I wanted to see that. if I could. It's like, oh good, my save is still there. You mm. just never know after a year. Uh, the but I dub for that. that game is really good. What? The dub for that game is really good. It's it's so British. 
It's supposed to be! Why? It's because <laughs> it's fucking... Don't fucking question me. It's, it's a British giant. It's a British Exactly! The, they're even waving Union Jacks all over the place. <laughs> I have a list of what I think are probably the best games I've, I haven't played yet. We know yeah, that, Jalen. But okay, Red, no, should but talk is... about, Red should talk about his, though. Okay, oh. so I moved off to Xenoblade. Maybe I'll get back to it someday. And I played Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. <gasps> A.K.A. 2D Dark Souls. Yeah, it is pretty much 2D Dark Souls, isn't it? It really, it really is. So I didn't know just how like dark and atmospheric this game was going to be, too. Because... Mm-hmm. Like, the opening area is kind of tranquil, and you got those little sprite things hopping around and questionable voice samples where they're like, tee hee tee Yeah. And then you get to the second area, which is, like, the main city, and the soundtrack is just this dark rumble and nothing else. <laughs> and then the whole game after that is, like, super dark and creepy and atmospheric, and it's just like, oh, you guys really went for it, huh? I didn't realize that. Yeah, and, like, the, 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 the sort of the meaning of the mission you're on... Yeah, so this game's like Dark Souls. Yeah, but like it's so like Dark Souls that you can get into the nitty gritty and be like, well, the story is more like Demon Souls if you really look at it. <laughs> <laughs> like the story in this is that the queen, so they they gender swapped it, has like unleashed a plague upon the entire world. And it's very similar to, like, the mist in Demon Souls that the king unleashed. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. And then, like, the animation for your healing item in this is, like, exactly the blood vial from Bloodborne. <laughs> like, the way she just kind of fist pumps it. Yeah. It's, like, exactly the same. So it's definitely kind of having elements from all three games. All three important games, I think. Because mm-hmm. the interconnected world is obviously the most, like, Dark Souls and that's yeah. pretty important. Bit of trivia. Anytime I'd beat a boss, I'd fist pump the uh, <laughs> I'd fist pump the remaining healing items I had because it felt good. <laughs> oh, which one was it? I fucking beat a boss. Oh, the woman in the church. Oh God! I beat that boss, then turned around to go to the save point. There's one enemy. <laughs> There's one enemy in between you and the boss, or the, the bell, yep. and I fucking died and had to fight the boss again. Because <laughs> unlike the Souls games, this is one thing they actually, a very strong difference, is that when you die in this, it's a straight game over. Yeah. Like, so any anything you've done is undone. So if you kill a boss and then die, that boss comes back to life, mm-hmm. which is not how it works in the Souls series. Yeah. So I had to fight this boss twice, but then I totally wrecked her the second time. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I had kind of gotten the confidence, even though that fight... That fight's probably the hardest one in the game, too. Yeah, because, it, it, like, that boss has a shit ton of attacks, a lot of tales yeah. to remember, and you've just kind of got to be, like, on yeah. your A game to win it. And the way her combo changes partway oh. through. Oh, God, it's so good. Like, how the last yeah. part of that combo just is a fucking straight-up insta-kill. I don't think it was... It depends on how much life you have, but yeah, it fucking hits hard. Yeah, so you talked about how in this game you want to explore to get stronger, which is closer to the original Metroid. I definitely did that. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. I had 
I got the uh, achievement for getting all the health vials right before the end. Oh, wow. Because I was not missing any of them because I really needed it. Because I got to the final boss mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is pretty easy. I, God, I think I'm going to beat her my first try. Wah, wah, and then, wah. Wah, 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 and then come back, fight her a few more times. Oh, okay. I, I got this now. Wah, wah, wah. There's a third form. Yeah, there is. <laughs> oh, boy. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a little sweep around the world and look for some stuff. So within like 10 minutes, somehow I missed. So in Dark Souls, there's the Estus Flask, which is your healing item. Yeah. And there's upgrades to that, kind of like in Dark Souls 2, where you can get more. Mm-hmm. So within 10 minutes, somehow, I'd found three upgrades for that. So I went from having five to having ten. So that helped a bit. That'll, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And then I bought the item that gives you fire damage, so mm. which I didn't have before. So that massively yeah. improved my character very quickly, and then I wrecked it the next attempt. I'd imagine so. But yeah, just the whole atmosphere of that game is just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a really good Metroidvania that you want to explore because there's only actually two upgrades that will actually change your mobility in the yeah. whole game. Yeah. It's so like one problem I kept running into in Axiom Verge is that every time I got a new thing, I'd I want to go, go to... back and. Yeah. And I really shouldn't have because I kind of went back to the start of the game like six times. Yeah. And then would continue the main path and get a new thing and then get a new thing and then get a new thing. Because you get so many abilities in that game so quick at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's just not really worth doing a backtrack until you have everything. But in Momodora, it's like, once you get... I love the name of this item, too. The Cat Sphere. So good. You can pretty much go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I beat the game, and I've started over on hard mode. Woo, hard mode. Boy, oh so, boy. It lives boy, up oh boy. to it. Yeah. So I'm doing okay. I've got one of the four, you know, trinket things that you need to get to the end game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like completely stuck, but it's really interesting kind of playing a Souls-ish game with an actual harder difficulty, but then having knowledge of where stuff is going to be to help me out. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, well, I know which boss I want to kill to get the cat sphere so that I can go everywhere, basically. A thing that I've heard people complain about is like, oh, there's not more weapons, there's not enough item custom... Like, this is not a game that needs that, because it it is a game that comes, like, with a very simple toolbox uh, for you to use. And yeah. even though it's just like, you know, you've got, like, what, a three-hit combo, and that's kind of, like, the, the extent yeah. of what you can do, like, I don't think it needs much more than that. Like you can yeah. upgrade yeah. your you can upgrade your leaf, and um, you can set it on fire, <laughs> and you can set it on fire. Um, but man, like I think that that game works so well because it yeah. doesn't convolute itself. Yeah, I agree. Also, the best I, player in that game plays it with one hand on the I, hardest difficulty. After playing this, I'm like really, really impressed by what he does. Because Jesus, I can't even beat hard mode right now yeah i want to give a shout out i want to give a big shout out to half coordinated uh if you have not watched this guy play this game look him up on twitch throw him a follow hell throw him a subscription like this guy is a 
he's a goddamn maniac at this game, and he plays it with one hand, uh, and it is incredible. He posted a screenshot on Twitter the other day. He's got like 400 hours in the game now. I'm not surprised. Like, and like the really cool thing is that the developer, like, once they knew that he was playing the game, actively worked Mm. with him to tailor the game's controls and stuff around to uh, accommodate his uh, disability, which I thought was really Mm. rad. That's interesting because I didn't think there was a way to actually change the keyboard or. You can change the keyboard controls, but not the controllers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only two settings. I think half coordinated might just use Joy to key. Yeah, kinda... that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because there's there's not a ton of buttons either, though. There's you know jump and attack, and then item and switch item. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, and I do like that it keeps things simple. I guess there's the dash as well. Yeah, I really really like how the air dash feels. The air dash is so good. Once I got that, it was like, well, I'm just flying through the entire yep, game yep. now. Yeah, I am no longer walking. These feet Jump. no longer touch the ground. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I think the bosses are all pretty good. They they mix it up enough. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed that was really weird that someone pointed out is that in the tutorial area, you have these little sprites that have shields. And the game is like, well, use the roll to get behind them and attack. Yeah. And then there are no other enemies with shields in the entire yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> they never... Yeah, that kind of seems like a... That's really weird. That seems like a thing that, like, started... Like, definitely started at production. And then it was just like, as, mm-hmm. you, as he got further into creating it, just kind of never really felt like it mattered much. Yeah. So, like, playing on normal difficulty and like having all the health upgrades, like combat with normal enemies did become kind of trivial yeah. by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So playing on a hard mode is now it's like, okay, this is the real fucking deal. Every like you get... single hit matters. Yeah. You get hit twice. You're done. Like period. Yeah. And there's so a difficulty just... above that on insane, yeah, well... which is one hit death. Yeah. That, that, that's nice. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> I don't. I'm never beating some of those bosses without getting hit at all. I Even think. I think Ashley's girlfriend might be attempting that at some point. I think she said that she was gonna try and try it on. Uh... Best of luck. Yeah. The Steam achievement even says, "Don't try this." Don't try this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that game's really good. So that, I'm gonna play yeah. more of it to do as far as I can in hard mode. Yeah, I awesome. want to go back and definitely finish a hard mode playthrough. Boy, when you st- so I finished the game on normal with all the health and then started hard mode, and it's just seeing that life bar yeah. completely because I think you just ha- straight up have half. Yeah, on hard. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, this is this is scary. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's it's so fun and challenging, and even when you die, yeah. like the the respawn bells are not that far from each other. Yeah. It's cool because I've definitely had like kind of that Dark Souls moment on my first playthrough where it's like, oh man, I can't wait to see a bonfire. And then you see it and you're just like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of moments I had playing through that game where it was like, oh, thank God there's a bell. Yeah. And it's cool how like even though there's no leveling, like they still make money useful by having all those upgrades and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of cool little upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. There is build diversity, I think, and, like, you can swap them out pretty quickly. Like, there's one that 
heals you if you're poisoned. Mm-hmm. So you can ju- you can just put that on after you get poisoned, and it'll start to heal you. Yeah. So even though you don't have many slots, like you can swap you can still around, play basically. around with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody got me Momodora three uh, for Christmas. I want to check out, mm-hmm. uh, but I've kind oh. of heard that like Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight is kind of like where these games got away from being get an ability to go open doors. Yeah. So yeah, that's what the second one was to me. That's yeah. the only one I played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna check out Momodora yeah. three at some point just to kind of see. Yeah, I. So when I got this, I got this as a gift on for Christmas, and I my first instinct was a real bad one, Uh-oh. where I'm like, I'm gonna play through Momodora one, then two, Don't then three. Don't do that. Then, <laughs> I didn't do that. No, that'd be a but, bad idea. So, I thought of it as a game developer, and I thought, obviously, you play the newest one first because the newest game is always the best, and the others are trash. Yeah. Like. <laughs> If I told somebody to play Project N3, I wouldn't be like, oh, play the play first the one. Play the first one. you got to have that deep, rich yeah. lore. So I actually do know that Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight actually does connect to the third game. Oh, does it? Yeah, so it's not a reboot or anything. Oh, okay. okay. But I think how they connect might be a bit weird, hmm. given ending. Right, right. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I but gotcha. I'm going to... I do want to at least check out the other games now that I've finished this one, but I want to play the best one first, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I've heard the first one's actually just kind of a straight action game where there's oh. like no backtracking. Interesting. And then two kind of opens up the open world aspects. I got you. Mm-hmm. And then kind of becomes the yeah. locked doors and keys. And like, that's kind of interesting. I think there's a Steam achievement for the third game that's like, beat it in 25 minutes. So these games don't seem like they're going to be super huge, nah. anyways. Oh, no. The second one was like, a half hour game. Yeah. You can so. chew through them. You could chew through <laughs> all three of them in an afternoon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Boner got through most of Momodora three on one stream and he doesn't stream long. Hmm. Yeah, I was kinda disappointed in how short this game was. I thought that this game was a good length, honestly. And like with yeah. as much with as much work went into those assets. Like, yeah. trying to make a much longer game than that, I think, would just be overkill. And I think that also, like, that world map is so well put together that I think adding yeah. more to it... Like, like I don't think there's an area of wasted space on that map. But when you like something, you just want more, you, you want know? more of it, I get that, but that's why you play it through on hard and insane That's why I'm playing this one on hard. Because, uh... You know, I've been kind of tearing through these 2D action platformer things pretty recently. Like, oh, I yeah. played Shantae, I played Axiom Verge, I played Momodora. Yeah. But this is the one that I'm like, oh, I have to do a second playthrough of this one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Even though yeah, that Axiom counts for Ver- a lot. Axiom Verge, I was like, what if I play on normal and speed mode? Like, try to go through it quickly that way, but I mm-hmm. didn't end up doing that. Yeah. Have you seen the speed run for Axiom Verge? It it's not. very silly. It's nuts. It's very 35 silly. minutes. Yep. That's insane. It is a very silly speed run. I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. That's pretty but, cool. Yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Cool. Uh, so I guess if nobody has anything else, we're done. Yeah. So, um, 
I guess, uh, like, we don't have any news because we kind of covered the Switch thing, yeah. and I don't have any butt steam this week because, honestly, I've been too busy to really pay attention to what the Internet's doing. Um, so we'll be back at you next time. Uh, John Thayer, where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com. Rhett, where can we find you? N3.tumblr.com. You can find me right here on the website where I will hopefully be posting an interview with Joy Masher sometime in the coming week. And before I leave, I'm going to leave you with a couple of parting numbers. Two, seven. Remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.